From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Thank you. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you for waking up early in the morning. So if you stayed up late and you're with me now, thank you. Although I guess, um, unless you're pretty keyed up after something like that, and I know that I was, I think the game got over, what, by about 10.15? Something like that. And I remember thinking, yeah, about 10.15 because the alarm is going to go off. And and I did need, very rare, but I did need my alarm to go off this morning. I fell asleep at about 11.30 and got up at 2.15. And without the alarm, I would probably still, I don't know if I'd still be asleep, but I would have been asleep at least for a few more hours. All right, so I'm going to need you in many ways today, including open forum every every which way that we can. I'll fill you in what we're going to be doing. And then there's a big part of the program uh, where we're going to do open forum as well. Uh, In chronological order, what a whirlwind weekend. Probably one of the, how do I put this? I kind of like the, let me see what Siri says the definition of whirlwind is. Siri, I need your help. I'm sleep deprived. All right, that's not going to be good. She's going to be like crazy over that. Yeah, she can't process that. Siri, let's start again. What does the word whirlwind mean? I'm here to help. Get to know Siri at Apple.com. Uh, see, I messed. She, she was still calculating that first question about me being sleep deprived. Siri, what does whirlwind mean? Whirlwind means a column of air moving rapidly around and around in a cylindrical or funnel shape. All right. Well, and then there's a second meeting used in similes and metaphors to describe a very energetic person or process. Yeah, I think whirlwind fits. Uh, We were on the road by the fairly early morning. For me, it was late morning because obviously we get up so early, but it was fairly early morning heading to Connecticut. And we'll debrief some of this in less than an hour. When Tom Cantone, the president of sports and entertainment for Mohegan Gaming, all of their properties, joins us uh, for the first half of the seven o'clock hour. This was my it's almost unimaginable because literally Tom is one of my absolute closest friends on the planet. And I had never been to Mohegan Sun and I believe that Tom has been there for 17 years. I have no answer for this other than my job always gets in the way. I'm not complaining. It just does. I had been to Foxwoods during Tom's first 12 or so years after he left Atlantic City pretty much on a yearly basis. We would get there on a Friday, typically do the show from Foxwoods, and then stay for the weekend. 
Well, we went, Margie, our three children, my two son-in-laws, yours truly. We went and had the most amazing weekend. And things we didn't even expect. Things just kept happening. We, we knew we were going to have an amazing dinner. And we did on Friday evening. While we're at dinner with Tom, he said, hey, we have, and my daughter knew it. Both Lauren and Kristen were wrestling fans. My son, too, and so was I. I had not been to a WWE wrestling match. I can't even tell you. Maybe Egg Harbor Township when they had a WWE card at Egg Harbor Township High School. Don Hurley was there. He would probably remember what year that was. I don't remember, but it was a long time ago. And before that would have been when Don and I were children and going to Convention Hall and Bruno San Martino and superstar Billy Graham and Ivan Koloff, and I could keep going. Chief J. Strongbow, Billy White Wolf, go on and on. So we're having dinner, and it was amazing with Tom and his family and my family in this amazing restaurant. And then Tom says, hey, if you guys want to go to the wrestling, because I wasn't going to ask, if you want to go to the wrestling, he had tickets for us in his pocket. So we get into the Mohegan Sun Arena on Friday night, and this is the what's called WWE SmackDown. And we got there right when all the big matches. So we, it was live on television on Fox and it turns out it is the – how was that described? I took a screen capture of it. But it was the biggest and most profitable result in WWE history in this marketplace. It was huge. place was bananas in there. So we go to that. Then after that, it's uh, time to go to sleep. The next day, we had such a good day and then a wonderful dinner. And then Margie and I, and I think we're going to get the photo today directly from Tom, who will get it directly from Carrie Underwood's photographer. Margie and I met. Carrie Underwood, which was a thrill, was great. And then we had the most amazing seats. If you go to the WPG Talk Radio app or the website and you see the article that I wrote, I have not been inspired to write an article about a concert that I've attended. And I've attended, I want to tell you, almost them all just because of my prior position in in the hotel casino industry. I, I got to see everybody from Sinatra to you name it. This is the first time I've written something like this since the article we wrote about Paul McCartney and his concert from September 28th of 2002 at Atlantic City's Boardwalk Hall. I knew that Carrie Underwood was great. I knew obviously she could sing. I knew that her show was high energy and very physical But this was one of the greatest performances that I have ever personally 
been in attendance to observe. And if you see the photo that I took of Carrie Underwood that I used as the cover shot for the article that we wrote. And read the article. It's really a nice piece. It's all positive. Obviously, so many negative things going on. Uh, this this was this weekend was as close to I did write the article on Carrie Underwood and I did a couple other little things. But this was probably the closest that I have been deplugged. Even when I go away for a few days to Florida, I am typically working even while away. I just do it when pretty much everybody else is sleeping, things like that. This was as close as I can say to total decompression, deplugging for a couple of days that I have had in years. It was magical. It was totally amazing. And then we we had a Super Bowl party planned that Margie and I were hosting at our house. And we got back and we knew it. I mean, unless we broke down or terrible, something happened. I mean, we, we, we had this all set. We got home two hours before a party that we were hosting. And then the next thing I know, it was 11-something, and time to get a few hours sleep wound up being about two hours, two and a half hours, two hours and 45 minutes, something like that. Uh, and I, I will tell you, I'm, I'm here, I'm present, I'm alert, but I am, I am spent. We were go, 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 and then – and I knew it was going to be this – and then obviously the the late night, fortunately, and it didn't kick off at 630. It, they said 630, but it was more like 645. But they started like the coin toss and stuff like that. Uh, it could have been worse. I mean, if this was some kind of eight o'clock, because think about that. If you're doing a 630 kickoff, you're talking about 330 on the West Coast. And in a couple of hours difference and an hour difference in other time zones. So it's about the best you could hope for. If you're somebody that wants to get to sleep at some reasonable hour in order to be alert to go to work the next day. I was sort of kind of but not that much detail. Uh, so I had to do a lot of homework this morning. Because I noticed that there were all these additional, they were saying balloons, but then I started to to delve into it a little bit, and they're calling them objects. So they're not all balloons, evidently. But you have to admit, did this stuff like go on like this and just nobody did anything about it until now? Or is this something new? Just something very, very weird. Let me give you a quote that I... um, I took copious notes about. Just give me a second here. Here it is. This is Air Force General Glenn Van Herc of the United States Air Force on the fourth, quote, object. This is like four objects in eight days. This is crazy. He said, listen to this, 
I'm not going to categorize them as balloons. We're calling them objects for a reason. So, you know, they got some people thinking it's like uh, alien stuff and we're calling them objects for a reason. Certainly the event off of South Carolina coast for the Chinese spy balloon, that was clearly a balloon. These are objects. I would be hesitant and urge you not to attribute it to any specific country. We don't know. But here's here's what we do know, though. After getting called out for letting that other thing fly all over the damn continental United States. And I, I'm telling you, I believe China was mapping the country for future plans that they have. I'm telling you, they want to take us down. So I, I then wanted to, to just put together the hell are these things and how many are there? And I'll share that with you after the break because we have each one by day or date. And notice they're shooting them all down now. And how come you could shoot these down over land, but you couldn't shoot down the China spy satellite? And I believe that is because Joe Biden is compromised. And at any moment, China has the goods to absolutely destroy him. Then I guess Biden will say it's lies, it's Chinese propaganda, you know, Russia propaganda. Remember him at the debate against President Trump when he said, oh, the 51 experts that all say it's Russian disinformation. No one in the media says there's anything here. He lied and he knows the truth. He lied through his crooked teeth. Back in a moment. Thanks for waking up early in the morning. Much more to share with you next. Fox News commentary. Biological females should not be forced to share locker rooms with biological males. And this shocking incident is a perfect example of why not. I'm Tommy Lahren. Find out next. It's Jesse Kelly here. I can't afford to lose 30% of my 401k or IRA again, and I'm assuming you can't either. Call Oxford Gold. Securing your IRA or 401k with real gold and silver is a portfolio protection plan, and Oxford Gold has made it easy as one, two, three. One app, one call, and you pick your precious metals. That's it. You now own precious metals. Call Oxford Gold today to learn more about the one, two, three protection plan. 833-404-GOLD. 833-404-GOLD. Kentucky collegiate swimmer Riley Gaines says she and other female swimmers were exposed to the male genitals of trans competitor Leah Thomas. In a Fox News interview, Gaines said she and other female swimmers were not forewarned they'd be sharing a locker room with bio-male Leah Thomas, nor did they give consent. But that didn't stop Leah Thomas from dropping his pants or watching actual females undress in what should have been a female-only safe space. Now Gaines is calling on the NCAA to ensure separate locker rooms for that very reason. It's bad enough bio-males are allowed to compete and usually defeat women in women's sports. But it is beyond reprehensible that these female athletes are also forced to share a changing area with the opposite sex. Where are the feminists? Shouldn't the Me Too movement be shouting this from the rooftops? Shameful. I'm Tommy Lahren. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. 26 minutes past the hour. So we have now shot down... Four objects 
five total, but four with the, the, the Chinese spy balloon, that's big. That is acknowledged. You can't you can't unsee that because the civilian took the pictures and then the American people became aware of it. I, I'm just of the belief, though, that had that not been picked up by a civilian when we were we were last with you, we, we had a lengthy conversation about this last Thursday and there's no doubt in my mind because it happened before and Biden didn't say anything about it. He's just a, a liar. You know, there's a lot of ways you can be dishonest. It's, sometimes it's not what you say. It's what you don't say. He, he When he speaks, he lies. But you can also lie when you're not speaking, when you should be keeping the American people apprised about something. So it's acknowledged that the first one was a balloon. Now you have, let's see, appears that there's a fifth. It's listed as today, February 4th, first object shot down. All right, so that is, that is the spy satellite, the balloon. Then you had two on Saturday. You had one on Friday, the day before that. And then you have what's being listed as today. And I'm not sure if that's actually just a graphic that even though this graphic is from today, I think this was yesterday. But anyhow, that's um, one, two, three, four, five in eight days. So you have to ask the question or at least ponder it yourself. What is this? And now now it's an Air Force general saying, don't jump to the conclusion that it's a balloon. Call it an object. Okay. Object. Five of them in eight days? What's today? Today's the 13th, right? Five. In nine days, yeah, basically five and eight days. Either four and eight, five and nine, something very close to that. Now, I haven't spoken to Mayor Kane. I believe he will be here this morning. We're going to hold Eagles discussion until then. Unless, of course, when we're in open forum coming up uh, after the 730 break, after Tom Cantone if you want to talk about the Eagles, I'm happy to talk about the Eagles. That's a this is a tough one. Very, very tough one. Uh, because they I don't want to say they had it. A dear friend of mine wrote it was twenty four to fourteen halftime, and a dear friend wrote me, It's over, and I wrote back, It's not over. Andy Reid's a very good coach. They made adjustments at halftime. Uh Somebody wrote, I think it was Mike Donahue, that the the Chiefs just wanted it more. The thing I'm surprised at, and I don't know what to attribute it to, but the defense really, I think, had a big letdown. 
they didn't get it done. You have to give credit to the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line. The Eagles led the league in sacks. They did not sack Mahomes. They almost got him once or twice. And even hurt. He is slippery. The two touchdowns where the the receivers were just completely wide open, just inexplicable. But one of them was, well, they were both very similar. I'm not talking about the Travis Kelsey one early uh, in the game that tied the game at 7-7. The two that they ran were like the entire field was covered except for the corner of the end zone where two times Kansas City just burned the Eagles defense burned them now look it's very easy to say I think the Eagles should have put the game away where the holding call wouldn't have mattered uh what a bogus call just just as a high school certified official you you are basically if you're well taught you are you are taught players play officials officiate players decide games not officials that was as ticky tack and honestly i i don't think it was even a catchable ball you could say, well, he held him up, so maybe he would have been able to run and, and catch up with it. I don't think so. It was a poorly thrown ball. It was overthrown. And that was not, you don't, maybe even if by the strict definition, it was a hold. In that, in that circumstance, because, see, the officials, I don't care what anybody says, an official knows when you, if you make a call that you're going to decide the game because the Eagles didn't have enough timeouts to stop the clock, poor clock management cost them one timeout. Andy Reid used to have a problem with that. Sirianni typically doesn't. So they didn't have three, they had two. And the Chiefs were just able to uh, run the clock down. To then, and I'll tell you, the player made a very smart play because if he had kept going to score a touchdown, Eagles would have gotten the ball back with like a minute and I think forty seconds, something like that. So it was a heads-up play to slide and. Stay in bounds. Very well done. The holding call, though, I'm not going to cry about it. Some people are going absolutely bananas about it. Uh, it was a terrible call. You don't make that call in that particular situation. We've got a break. We'll be right back. Please don't go away. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And this is Harry Hurley. And I was so industrious this morning, but I had a really good partner on this story. Rick Santoro and I take a walk down memory lane of casino owner Steve Wynn's Ventnor Mansion. 
which I've been in. Don Hurley's been in there, too. Uh, and Rick Santoro, of course, has spent a lot of time. Uh, go see Carrie Underwood when she comes back to Atlantic City. Read my story and find out why. And another New Jersey town switches from Democrat to Republican. It's a trend. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. We start the new work week with a return to quiet, pleasant, mild weather. It'll be another week feeling more like early spring than the middle of winter. As raindrops wrap up this morning, it'll turn mostly sunny and mild this afternoon. High of 56 degrees. Tonight will be clear, breezy and cool, low of 36. Lots of sunshine tomorrow with a cool breeze. High 53, 61 Wednesday. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Ready to make the home in early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at 3. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you, Tom Cantone, joining us in about 25 minutes. So yesterday was the 5th. There wasn't one this morning. So my graphic that I have in my uh, H-phone that said today was because I've had it since literally yesterday. So Sunday... U.S. military fighter jets shot down an octagonal object over Lake Huron. The Pentagon has confirmed this. It was flying at 20,000 feet. So, you, you know, something like that is that's in your flight path. They say the object appeared to be octagonal in structure with strings hanging off but no discernible payload so what is this stuff and again biden he's not talking this is sources speaking on condition of being kept their identity anonymous this object was recently detected over Montana, near sensitive military sites. I mean, this is just, to me, raising a lot of questions about this rash of unusual, quote-unquote, objects that have appeared over the North America skies. Democrats are now coming out I'll tell you what Debbie Dingell said in a moment, but I saw another Democrat earlier complaining about the Biden administration, lack of communication, lack of transparency. Debbie Dingell, wife of the famed senator, she took his spot. You might remember when Al Gore was debating George W. Bush and he started talking about Dangle Norwood. And George Bush just was like, hey, nobody knows what you're talking about. With your jargon, nobody knows what you're saying. Dingle Norwood, not Willie. Quote, we need the facts about where they are originating from, what their purpose is, and why their frequency is increasing. Pretty good uh, questions, aren't they? U.S. Congresswoman Debbie Dingle. So Democrats are now commending the shooting down of these objects 
But then, then that must mean you should have a lot to say about why didn't Biden order – well, he says he did, but I don't believe it. Why didn't that get shot down, the, spiny, the, the, the Chinese spy satellite? Why didn't that get the balloon? Why didn't that get shot down? That should have been shot before it reached Alaska. It was let in through the whole continental United States. I'm telling you, it's mapping. This is crazy. But not, uh, don't call them balloons. You can call the first one a balloon. Don't call them a balloon, though, because they're objects. I'm going to talk, like I mentioned, I'm going to save the Super Bowl analysis. I, I gave you some, not real analysis, but just some of the peripheral aspects of it. And we'll save most of it for Mayor Kane's arrival in the 9 o'clock hour. But I will talk about this when we come back. Joe Biden broke with tradition. And I told you he would because he couldn't. Shannon Bream is not. She's very good. But there's no reason to not do an interview with Shannon Bream. She's fair. She's smart. But Joe Biden cannot do an interview that's not rigged in his favor. And I'll explain more about that when we come back. Also, the Chris Stapleton rendition of the national anthem was spectacular. And I caught a magical photograph with tears splashing out of the eyes of Philadelphia Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni. You can check that out on my Facebook page. Just amazing. The photograph is just a lucky capture off of the TV screen. Back in a moment. Don't go away. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Set the first button on your car radio for South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thank you. Welcome back. Nine minutes before the top of the hour. I am, if you read my Facebook page, you know this. But if you did not, I will tell you now, since this is radio theater of the mind and you cannot see me. I think if you saw me right now, you'd say, yeah, he's alert, but he looks a little tired. Uh, and I am. I had a very beautiful but very fast-paced, active weekend with a lot of driving uh, on Friday and Sunday. And what else? And, of course, uh, little to no sleep, about two and a half hours or so sleep last night after the Super Bowl. Because I couldn't – I can't explain it. I, I wanted the Eagles to win really, really bad. I really did. But, you know, it ended, and I thought, well, that's a lousy way to end with that stupid official calling such a what, – what we refer to in the business, in the officiating business, as incidental contact. It had no bearing on a play. In basketball, I did a sidebar. I'll get back to what you can see on the Facebook page in a second. But I just want to get this point out there. In basketball, for example, if I saw two players have contact, if – Neither, if you did not have uh, 
advantage or disadvantage. I didn't call. I didn't call. I didn't make the call. Let them play. You have to keep control of the game, and you have to make the calls that you're supposed to make. But if you have incidental contact, you don't make that call. And I'll tell you, they missed a lot of calls. Uh, there, there was a, a Kansas City Chiefs player that went helmet to helmet on an Eagles player. Should have been an additional 15 yards at the end of the play. Didn't make the call. Blew it. The field, somebody's got to get fired. Uh, the field was in, it looked pretty, but it was atrocious. There was a graveyard of spikes because the players didn't know what length cleat to wear. You have to be very careful. You want to be able to grip, but you can have non-contact injuries that can be devastating if the cleat grabs and and you don't, it doesn't release, and then you have a joint injury of some kind. It can be an ankle, it can be a knee. But the field, somebody's got to answer to that. I'm not calling it out as a determining factor in the game, although I guess you could. Both teams had to deal with it. But it was bad. Another thing they got to figure out, too, these painted areas, that that logo, it looked pretty, the NFL logo at the 50-yard line. But it's slippery as heck. You can't do that. So just a lot, a lot of weird things um, beyond just the game itself. All right, so I was saying, oh, 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 let me tell you because it's uh, theater of the mind. I am wearing my beautiful now only twice worn, I wore it last Thursday, and now I'm wearing it today, my Jalen Hurts official jersey. And it's absolutely beautiful. And there are a lot of fair weather type people that would have been wearing their jersey if the Eagles had won. I'm wearing it because I'm a fan whether they win or whether they lose. Doesn't change with me. I wanted them to win. You know, clearly a winnable game. And again, more about that in the nine o'clock hour with Mayor Charles Kane. I mentioned before the break, Joe Biden broke with tradition. He couldn't do a national interview that's not rigged. I don't care what they say. They were in what do you, they were in negotiations, failed negotiations. What are you negotiating? Every recent president, the network that hosts the Super Bowl has an interview with the president. Not this guy. Not transparent Joe, who's the exact opposite of what he says. Let me comment on one other thing about the um, the Eagles game, Chiefs game, without commenting about the game. Because if you notice, the things we've been saying haven't really been about how anybody played or even – I. I spoke to the um, family members I was with over the weekend and I made the comment that every game comes down to four or five plays. If you tick them off on a little cheat sheet, you'll know typically who will win. And this game was no exception. But something I will say 
is it was extremely beautiful and powerful and you could see his love of country and how big this moment was. And that's Nick Sirianni who had the last two weeks to game plan for the biggest game of his life in just his second year as a head coach ever at the professional level and second with the Philadelphia Eagles. And when Chris Stapleton performed his rendition of our national anthem before the Super Bowl, Nick Sirianni just lost it. And you can see a beautiful picture of it if you go to my Facebook page. I just got lucky. I took a screen capture and the color of his – because a lot of times you take a photo like that off of the TV. It's washed out. It comes out like very, very whitish. This was just perfect. And you could see the tears puddling under each eye and splashing down his face over both cheeks all the way down. I guess some, I I haven't really read, I don't like Twitter. I like it better now, obviously, with Elon Musk. But I I don't like it. I'm on it, but I'm not on it, if you know what I mean. I don't use it. And if you ever send me a message through Twitter and I don't respond, just send me a message another way. I just don't check that. And once in a while I see that there's like a certain number of messages and it's in the hundreds and I'm just not going in there. I just, I can't explain it, but I I didn't like it from the beginning. I didn't like the way that they would mess with people's free speech. And some people can say anything, no problem. So I'm sure Twitter was buzzing on Sirianni, but for me, that wasn't weakness That was strength. That was absolute love of country. If you were with us last week for the interview with Christopher Ruddy, who is the majority owner and uh, president and CEO of um, Newsmax, since AT&T DirecTV dropped Newsmax on January 24th, now think about this. It's the 13th. You're talking about basically 20 days. AT&T, their stock has fallen in market value by almost $10 billion. That's 7%, wiping out just under $10 billion from its market value, cognitive dissonance, voting against your own self-interest, pursuing woke, broke stupidness. Look at what they did there. $10 billion. Tom Cantone joins us next. Stay with us. I'm, I'm promising you because Tom is always great. This is going to be such a fun interview. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the World's Playground. 
to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is six minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning and as promised... And we've been pumping this up uh, all during the previous hour. Joining us now is the president of Sports and Entertainment from Mohegan Gaming, all their properties, corporate president, Tom Cantone. Tom, welcome back to Hurley in the Morning. And if I could just say, what a weekend we just had together. I wanted it to be a magical weekend for you and your family because you have never been to Mohegan Sun. And I know you were you know, excited about going, but you didn't know what was in store for you because me and my team had plans for you. And it started on your arrival and it didn't end until you left. And even when I, and even when you left, it never ended because I was still with you. <laughs> it was amazing. Tom, we had so much fun and my children had so much fun and Margie and my two son-in-laws. I mean, it was, uh, it was something we'll never forget. You you have a wonderful family, your family, all of them. They're they're just you can tell it's special, and we always say everything starts and ends in the home. Uh, you know the best gift we can give our our children is a great example. That's what you and Margie have done. You can tell when you sit around the table how wonderfully well you have done as a parent. They are they are so nice. They're so cool. They're so thankful. They have they're filled with gratitude. They can't, you know, they they don't take anything for granted. My wife and mother in law who joined us for dinner, first thing they noticed how great your family was together, and most people don't have that. Most people, or if they had it, it went away. You know, in my case. And I grew up with an, an unbelievable family, but I don't have that today. I, uh, the original family. I've got a wonderful family now with Anissa and Tessa and Brooke and Mark. And unbelievable. I'm blessed with that. But you guys are a unit. And, you know, you can you can tell you do everything for each other. And it, it just rubs off to see. It gives me more joy to do for, 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 for people that appreciate it like you do and your and your family. To do, to always do it, and, and you know, you just taking you backstage. That that was like that was a big thrill for me to show you my little world. You know, that's my Super Bowl. You know, back there when you see uh, hundreds of people working feverishly to to put on a show, and then and then the meet and greet with Carrie Underwood. You know, I wanted to make sure that happened. You were the first one to meet her <laughs> it was everything and you met the chairman Gessner, who is wonderful just a, he's like us the dna is is family first and he takes good care of his employees and the tribe and you know he's got everything in perspective and you met him and had a great discussion with him and you met all the right people that were there that are in my world there those are that's my family including my family so it was an equal exchange harry i had a magical time as you did it was so fun and then i had the privilege to watch your daughter play two games uh 25 point games in volleyball where she is just you can tell she's a star that was a privilege it was just one amazing 
activity after another. I, I and you you know me. I'm usually on. I'm usually working. I I was saying this about an hour ago, Tom. I can't remember the last time I actually just deplugged and 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 just forgot about work. I wrote the one article while I was with you, but that was not even work. That that was a, a pleasure and a privilege. But I just felt like a guest. Uh, it was, an, and I'm usually like the service side. Um, it was amazing, and you touched on the back of the house tour. That was just incredible. That that's like seeing the world inside out, Tom. That was phenomenal. And incidentally, I also got to see a moment of truth, completely beyond the control of Tom Cantone and his his team at Mohegan Sun, and those would be setting up the Mohegan Sun Arena. You were dealt with, and and I'm mentioning it because Carrie Underwood mentioned it at the end of the concert. And I wrote about it a little bit in the article that I want to ask our listeners to uh, to please read. It's a really nice article about one of the most high-octane, amazing, put it all out there. And she had done this, you know, a, a, a same efforts like running a marathon two days in a row the night before. But, Tom, your team had to overcome adversity. And no, no one in attendance would ever have known. It it was very stressful. I you you it's it's welcome to my world. It's 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 what happens. You unpredictable. You can't predict these things. The night before we had WWE SmackDown on national TV. It was a monster show to to load in and load out. We had over a hundred hands on hand to to make sure. And I was more worried about that because the next night was another monster show coming in. Carrie Underwood. So the turnaround had to be perfect. There could be no... In fact, it's funny you mention that because I was worried and concerned about will we make doors on time anyway in normal circumstances. And my team assured me, you know, we're ready, blah, blah, blah. At 2 o'clock on Saturday afternoon, I'm thinking, you know, all about having, you know, seeing you guys and just enjoying the rest of the, the weekend. And oh, I get a call that her truck broke down. And it's somewhere. By the way, for, for those who listen, this is not like some two-seat truck, you know, with you just get, you know, AAA and, and, and get the tire changed. I mean, this this show, for those who have not seen Carrie Underwood and this particular uh, tour, uh, the Denim and Rhinestone tour, uh, it's one of the most elaborate setups, Tom. And, you know, I've been been exposed to the industry with you for 40 years I mean, there's aerial stuff, multiple aerial apparatus, the sphere, the the swing. You've got her coming out of the stage, up and down. Then there's the other uh, lift that, that looks like it goes up like 30 feet or more, but at the back of the stage. I mean, this is this is an elaborate setup, Tom. But it, it, this, you're right. It's, it, I'm glad you brought that up. It's not a truck. This is a tractor trailer filled with all of the most important pieces of what you just said, we didn't have anything on hand, although we offered to, uh, our, we have an arsenal of stuff, but it doesn't fit the show. So we had to wait for hours and hours and hours till that truck arrived. And now, as I said earlier, 
under normal circumstances, I was worried about getting the show up on time. Now we've got that. And I was a, a nervous wreck. I mean, I've, I've been doing this for 40 years and I, I, you know, every time it happens, you just never relax. And, and my team assured me that they were going to do everything humanly possible. And boy, did they ever, they're like the Marines, they're special forces. You know, they, the truck arrived, we kept people over, you know, some worked forever just, you know, just to make it happen. And sure enough, we had doors a little late, but it could have been a, a catastrophe. It could have been no show at all. And the first thing I thought about was you. You know, I mean, oh, my God, Harry's here to see this show and meet her and all that stuff. So I had all of this twirling in my mind. And, you know, people think, oh, you just, you're just you just having fun. All you do is hang out with entertainers. Oh, no. <laughs> this, is a bit, this is like a surgeon. Everything has to be right to have successful surgery. And that's what this is. You know, and then... All of a sudden, the, the truck arrives, the Army did their thing, my special forces were in the air rigging and doing everything, and people, we had 8,000 people crunching the doors to get in, and they did a great job with security and ushers, ticket takers, everybody, and we wished you, wished you right in like royalty. Because we said, you're not going to be part of that. You got to come in and enjoy. And you got to see the opening act. And then you got to see her. You met her. You checked all the boxes you had. Uh, I, if people don't know about our restaurants, because we don't talk about them too much, but you ate at two of our best. And they are really so well-known. Five stars. I mean, it's just an incredible experience to to see this resort in action and you being in the business, you, I, your eyes were wide open looking at everything, you know, the guest service and how people treat each other. And, uh, it, it that's where it's at. It's not the bricks and mortal. It's the, the human beings who run the place. Also how clean the property is a property that big. One of the conversations that Tom and I had, uh, over the weekend, a property that big can get out of control. It, it can be dirty. It can smell dirty. It can look dirty. The bright work can be messed up. The bathrooms can be all messed up. It, there is an amazing attention to detail. We're, we're I think, the second largest resort in the country. Uh, it's, it's, he's got this, I mean, the, you went to the expo center. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a hike. Yeah. That's like another, that's like another city. And, you know, the expo center where we had the volleyball tournament might happen to have same weekend. You got to see my daughter play, as you said. And, you know, so I was running back and forth, you know, trying to catch, uh, her games and going back and making sure everything was okay with the shows. And, uh, and the, the property was buzzing. You can tell why we're so successful. Everybody wants to come here, Harry. It's, we don't have to force people. They could look at, during the pandemic, they, they, we were at full capacity, even during those times. You know, it's just unbelievable how the, the, the brand, the Mohegan brand just resonates with so many people because of what you just said. You know, our, our attention to detail yeah. is clean. It's safe. It's it's entertaining. It's making memories. Uh, it's getting away from the world for two, three, four hours or half a day or however long you want to, to unplug like you did. You know, you got there and you immediately unplugged. And that's you said it best. That's exactly what our product is supposed to do. Our product is fun. It's supposed to you know take you away from all the troubles of the world. 
and open up like a, a magical mystery tour that's waiting for you. And waiting for you is all of these great emotions, you know, and smiles and selfies. And you, you and Margie took a great selfie at our selfie circle. Yes. You know, it, it, and, and that's a great picture there. Everything you did was making a memory. And then I coined and trademarked this line. It dawned on me a couple of years ago that we don't sell tickets. We make memories. Yeah. And that's exactly what we do. And, you know, so you got to see it firsthand. And I was so happy that your family did, too. And, you know, that made me happier, you know. So I don't know if people know everything that we did for the the Hurley clan. But the minute you arrived and you got went into your your room, I was there greeting you. Yes, you were. Yes, you were. Life size (laughs) and a beautiful sign that welcomed us by name. Let me point out something that just blew us away. Every room and we were in a beautiful suite uh, that, that Tom did. And in each room, there were framed pictures of me and Margie, Tom and I, and what you did was you made it home. It made us feel yes. like we were at home. Yes. Yeah. I never had that before. I mean, there were eight by 10 framed photos, beautiful photos of our family and me and Tom over the years. Uh, it was it was just a quote, Carrie Underwood blown away. Yep, it was a magical weekend. That's that's the word, you know. And I I was so happy you were here. You saw it. You got the you got the experience what it's like here. And for those of you out there who haven't been, you should you know put that on your to do list. You know, come up to Connecticut, come up to New England, enjoy the sea the seaports. You know, I, we, the coastline's beautiful. We're 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 very fortunate. We're very lucky. You know, to to have this in our backyard. You know, sometimes you stay at a property and you got to get off property because there's just not enough to do. You don't have to even leave the property if you don't want. There are more than 40 dining options. They're game on. You've got the the uh, basketball Hall of Fame exhibit. You have the boxing Connecticut Boxing Hall of Fame exhibit. And I actually knew some of the people that were on the walls in there. Don knows them even better. Uh, And I want to comment because not since Paul McCartney on September 28, 2002, did I feel so compelled to write. This was a thousand plus word uh, article that I wrote uh, on Carrie Underwood. Tom, you you wrote the book. And those just joining us, it's Tom Cantone, the legendary – president of sports entertainment at mohegan gaming and he had a full career that if he didn't do anything over the past 20 some plus years since just his hershey uh days and the atlantic city portion of your portfolio tom uh makes you a legend you throw into what you've done now over the past more than two decades uh in in connecticut and you're just you're you know incomparable but you wrote the book. When I say to this audience that Tom wrote the book, he wrote the book, literally, book him. And if you were in Tom's audience at our charity dinner two years ago, uh, you have the book autographed by Tom. So you've booked them all. I have not felt this compelled to write an article about a show that I attended since Paul McCartney completely rocked Atlantic City's now called Boardwalk Hall, used to be the convention center. Uh 
on September 28th, 2002, over 20 years ago, Carrie Underwood, her energy level, physicality, aerial stuff, pyrotechnics, literal flames coming off the um, extended um, stage that's almost like a walkway through the uh, the entire Mohegan Sun Arena, I have to rate her show as one of the greatest entertainment live performances that I've ever witnessed. And all that was in that truck we were waiting yes. for. Yes. <laughs> That's why we were, you know, so worried and ready when it got there because it, all those things, the lift, the, the pyrotechnics, everything was in that. So, yeah, that, that was the show. And, and, you know, so, yeah, you're right. But, Harry, when I took you backstage and you saw the walls oh. all signed with the most famous people that have ever performed on this planet, we must have over a thousand signatures and, and comments from the artists. When they arrive at our place, they now sign the wall. It's tradition. And in the beginning, we were begging them to, do you want to sign your wall? Well, now when they arrive... They say, where do I sign? They want to oh, be yeah. part of it. They see Sting. They see Bruce Springsteen. They see, I mean, everybody. Yeah. It was, Tom, it was one slammer name after another. It's it's surreal, the experience of seeing all that. It's become a tourist attraction because we give a lot of tours, especially for our partners overseas. And when they, they arrive they are they're out with their with their cameras their selfies their their cell phones their they're they're taking pictures of the wall uh yeah it, and that was an idea from one of my crew you know he asked me years ago he said tom can i get bon jovi to to sign the wall and i went absolutely and and that sort of you know started the tradition that people have ideas harry you know the that the the, the ones who are the users i call them they are there every day we're not you know, tap into their heads. They got great ideas. And if somebody fortunate enough to, to take those ideas and make it, you know, come to be, you know, that that's where it's at. I mean, now he's proud of that. We're all proud of that. Then you got to see the Hall of Awards. It's like, um, you know, oh. Monument Park at Yankee Stadium. Probably. You know, we have a red carpet with marble walls. And all on the, hall, on the walls are all the arena of the years and special awards we've won were the most awarded arena in the in the country you know and instead of putting them in my office who cares i put them out there where so everyone can see including the the artists themselves and management when they come to our place i want them to think they're at some special venue not some municipal building somewhere that they usually go to i want them to know that they're in a a culturally rich entertainment leader who you know is part of this this great thing that we do every weekend and every night you know is is make everyone happy that you know we've got the best entertainers here i've even caught keith urban with his with his phone taking pictures of the wall yeah uh, you know they want to be part of it. Of course, Keith Urban started at Mohegan Sun, at the at the Wolf Down, where so many did. Yeah, you know, it's like our minor league system there. You know that when they're when they're a nobody and they're just starting out, we have we book them, and then when they, years later when they graduate into the big leagues, well, we're ready for that too. We got the arena there, so when they come back, they already know us, and that's it's part of the relationship building that we do 
and we do it so well that we know them and they come back with gratitude and first thing you know zach brown said oh, luke it was luke combs he said where where are the guys still here from the wolf den and and the wolf dens are our free venue that we we, we start out all these artists and he went over and say hello and said hello to them because he remembered uh. you know so yeah it's it's a great system we've got our entertainment program is 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 elite you know the the arena is the cathedral of entertainment the men and women who run it though are the stars it's really people think well it's, it's the people who perform the people who run that arena and you saw them and i introduced you to many of them are the absolute stars so. oh there's no question and they have such respect for you and you show such respect to them it's i that's why i wrote in my column that it's it's not it's not a um it's not even a workplace. It's it's your family. You can just see there is just a respect and a love, and it's really beautiful to see. But you've always had that. You've always had the ability to build a team at all the properties in Atlantic City, the Trump properties, the Sands. I mean, anywhere you've ever been. I know you have to go in about three or four minutes. I want to get this in, and I blew past the first break. So we're going to have to make that up, ladies and gentlemen, after Tom leaves because I love – the time that we spent with Tom and I didn't want to go away for six minutes. It's a six minute break, but we'll, we'll, we'll get it in. Then we'll get some calls in. Tom, technology is changing a lot, but something that I believe hasn't changed in all these years is the feeling that you get when you're in an arena or a showroom, whatever the case might be, and you actually witness a live performance in person you can put earbuds on and a headset on or listen through bluetooth in your car whatever your play set list that you have in your phone all these spotify and make your own concert i do it every morning i listen to music uh right before we come on air i didn't this morning because i wrote an article that i sent you a copy of about steve Wynn. uh so i didn't get a chance to listen to music this morning but i usually do uh, but there is nothing in my estimation that replaces that experience of being in the room with the live performer. And uh, I ask you to comment about that. Well, I, there was a study done by Live Nation that I'll never forget. Going to a live entertainment concert extends the quality of your life by seven years. It just does. It's the medicine that everyone needs. It, it's, it radiates through your whole body. And like I touched on it earlier, the minute you arrive, people are jumping up and down and taking pictures and, and they're feeling good again. They could have cancer. They could have a, a medical issue. They could be depressed. There, there could be a million things wrong with them. But the minute they walk in to a concert, the minute they walk into a, an event, that's on a scale like that and the lights go down and then the, the music starts and, and then effects happen. You, you are transformed away from all the bad and into this wonderful world, you know, that you're for the next two, three, four hours. And I've always said, I, I'm never tired of it, Harry. I'm never tired of it. I've been doing, this is my 40th year in gaming. I started in 83. And every day is like the first day. And every show I book is like the first show. It, it is just amazing to, to, to still feel that passion and, and that energy. And it helps me, too, 
I leave then at the end of the night really satisfied that I was able to make so many thousands of people happy. You know, it, it, it's, it's just it's just the kind of gratification that you get that I don't think you can get many, many other places and doing other things, you know, and not to put anybody else's job down. Everybody has to have satisfaction. But you hit on it, man. It's just it, it transforms you into another person for a moment and you get to share those memories with the people that you love most who are there with you like you just did this weekend and and i'm not surprised tom i'm not surprised to hear any of this because we've read about that's i believe that study that you mentioned from live nation we've we've read and we've learned that people that are musicians and entertainers and composers conductors and things like that uh they they live really long lives uh, I think part of it might be the physicality of I, I have a, a, a theory that you keep moving. You got to keep moving. If you stop, you know, that's when you get old. Yeah. If you just keep moving. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It just matters. And and I'm not surprised to hear that even from the standpoint of being a spectator, because I I walked out of that arena with this crowd of many, many thousands and people that were strangers just would say to you, can you believe what we just saw? Can you believe Carrie Underwood? Can you believe she, flying in the sky and, and the whole deal? Uh, yeah, I, I'm buying what you're selling, Tom. Yeah, yeah, you hit on it. It's, you're, it all of a sudden, you're, you're in, those strangers are now part of your, your world and your friendships. And, you know, that's it. You, you hit it right on, right on those people that you never knew now are one and for for a moment we're all one you know forget the politics by the way you're right there was no republicans or democrats there was no high inflation there were no balloons or objects and octagonal octagonal objects flying in the sky to be shot down i mean it's i guess in a way suspension of disbelief and just a release of getting away because it is a very stressful time in our country and doesn't that make entertainment more important than ever it always has it always did and it always will and i'm just happy to be part of it giving back just giving back a little bit of all of us to each other makes the world a better place and and with that harry i have my daughter ready to go to school i I gotta take my daughter but let me tell you something i appreciate and then the i'm i'm almost done with the chocolate chip cookies you know what you gave me the mother load I'm almost done margie's margie outdoes herself all the time but i'm so appreciative of you our friendship and the world that we have created together in these many decades and it just gets better and better and better to be part of the ffl club i feel the same way thank you mr chairman uh talk to you soon all right harry thanks so much thanks for the take memories care. see ya Bye-bye. You got it. All right, we got to get some breaks in. I'll be right back, and we can take some calls when we come back. I've got I've got three breaks to get in in 27 minutes. i got work to do. We'll be back. Your morning espresso starts right here. It's the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. Now we know Joe Biden made the claim repeatedly during the campaign that he never, ever had a conversation with his son, Hunter, about his foreign business dealings. Now we have photographs with Hunter, Joe, and some of his farm business partners. We have minutes of meetings. This has been confirmed by numerous sources, New York Post included. Uh, The Daily Mail reported 
The documents from the laptop appear to indicate Hunter paid his father's phone bill and spent thousands of dollars on home improvement supplies and projects for his father's home in Delaware. I think we can ask the question. I don't know the answer. Number one, is that true? Number two is how much, if it is true, how much did Hunter spend on his father's expenses? Is, did the Daily Mail get that story right? The Sean Hannity Show from coast to coast later today. My friend had his home stolen. The crime is home title theft. It's real. It's horrendous, but it's real and it's everywhere. Now, luckily, this was just a demo, but I saw how criminals all around the world target American homeowners, and that's why I protect my home with home title lock, and you need to as well. And a thief can simply forge your signature on a legal document claiming you sold your home to them. Homeowners insurance and common identity theft programs do not protect you, but home title lock does. So protect yourself. Just go to their website. It's hometitlelock.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Verify your home's title is still safely in your name. Then just register your address for a free, no obligation home title report for your files. That is a $100 value, absolutely free. That's hometitlelock.com slash Sean. HomeTitleLock.com slash Sean, S-E-A-R. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Great one. Let's get some calls in. And we also have the 8 o'clock hour, so this is not it. This short window is not it. And we are expecting Mayor Kane in the 9 o'clock hour. That's when we'll talk some Eagles football. I'm in my Jalen Hurts number one jersey. Love the Eagles just as much now as I did uh, before uh, ten fifteen last night. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Caller, may I help you? I guess not. 609-407-1450, an open phone line. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Uh, yes, good morning. Regarding those UFOs that were shot down over Lake Huron, Canada, and Alaska, I kind of agree with Bill Cooper that a lot of what is thought of as being extraterrestrial is very terrestrial, and the more advanced nations of the Earth keep us mushroom people in the dark and feed us BS. They keep us about 50 years apart. Well, i got to tell you, Flash, the Air Force general that said uh, don't call them balloons, call them objects, uh, they're being very mysterious about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're not going to let us know what's going on. But <laughs> I mean, what a, what a – now, you know I don't believe in coincidences because you are a regular listener of the program – but what about this? Five objects, one balloon. I think I think other ones are balloons, but they're calling them objects. Some of them are not balloons, hence the term objects. Five balloon objects at all in nine days. That's pretty irregular. Yeah, I, yeah it certainly is. What I wanted to bring up was uh, Seymour Hurst. He's an investigative journalist. He came... Uh, he came to public view when he won a, a, a Pulitzer Prize award for his unveiling of the Mille massacre. Also, um, he was involved with the uh, Watergate scandal, uh, you know, uncovering that. And uh, he was actually reporting the uh, Abu Ghraib um, mistreatment of uh, prisoners there in mm-hmm. Iraq. But anyway, he, yeah, he got many. He got James, I think, George Polk awards, and he's like a famous guy. But anyway, his recent article is how America. Uh, blow up the uh, Nord Stream pipeline now. Hold on a second. Uh, I got I I think you know because you were holding. 
I ran long because I wanted to give that um, interview with Tom that only he only had to the bottom of the hour. We even got a few extra minutes. Uh, so let me get this break. Catch up right now. We'll finish. I am versed on this. Uh, the, the Of course, the Biden administration is denying. But I saw the report that said what would have to be done and who would have the capability to do it. Uh, you start to run out of options pretty quickly. Flash, you'll continue right after this. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. It's Harry Hurley at 42 minutes past the hour with three stories that you can follow on our WPG. Talk Radio 95.5 app with Rick Santoro. We put together a walk down memory lane, the former Steve and Elaine Wynn mansion in Ventnor. When I tell you this property was amazing, it's being demolished. We have the story. And thanks to Rick, we have some pictures. Go see Carrie Underwood when she comes back to Atlantic City. I never steer you wrong. Just trust me on that. And another New Jersey. T- From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero. Temperatures this morning close to 40 degrees. As raindrops wrap up, skies will clear quickly to sunshine in the next couple hours here. It'll be a splendid afternoon. Look for a high temperature today around 56 degrees. Breezy tonight, clearing cool, low 36. And breezy tomorrow, at least early on, we'll see lots of sunshine with a high of 53. Wednesday's high reaching for 61. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Here's foot early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins this afternoon at 1. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is 48 minutes past the hour. We're visiting with guest listener, The Flash, named by yours truly, me. And I've made, I made, I've made that famous, I understand. I hear it a lot. Uh, people that see me out and about, hey, I really enjoyed listening to everybody, The Flash. I mean, I just say, it's like, very cool when I hear that kind of stuff. Uh, so I will tell you that I've read the article that um, The Flash talked about, Seymour Hirsch. This was um, in Economic Times uh, coverage. I read it about two days ago. And I don't have it in front of me, but the gist of it was that the United States blew up the Nord Stream pipeline in some sort of covert operation. Uh, and you can understand this This basically is a Biden agenda item. Uh, they, they say that – Flash, I'm going to turn it back to you. But high-powered C-4 explosives were triggered and three of the four pipelines were put out of commission is the story as I know it. Uh, tell us what you know. All right. This is what I know. Nord Stream 1 and Nord Stream 2 are two pipelines apiece. It's four pipelines. And what they did was they, they planted they, – they couldn't make it a special ops because then Congress would have been apprised of it. and They had to keep it uh, under cover, so to speak. But anyway – they had Navy divers playing C-4 explosives along the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, one of them. And then they had, see, the whole thing is that there's like nine countries that have coastlines on the Baltic Sea through which those pipelines run through. So they, they very cleverly used Norway because Norway is beyond the Vic. It's a long story. They, they missed the Baltic coast. They missed having a Baltic coastline because of the North Holland Peninsula. But anyway, they cleverly used that way, uh, that country to uh, have a plane fly out and drop a sonar buoy right over top and that sonar buoy uh, uh, you know detonated those bombs let, anyway. let me also comment for those who don't know Nord Stream 
it's a gas pipeline. So when you interrupt three out of the four pipelines, you're disrupting, you know, the the ability to move the natural gas, which really fits into uh, Biden's agenda. I know that uh, this guy is a Pulitzer Prize winner, Seymour Hersh. He's a serious journalist. He's not a kook. And uh, this is published now that the United States did this in a covert operation. Here's the thing that I that I believe. I believe it's more than that. I believe the West, the West is an institution. Like Japan is the West, but culturally they're Eastern. But anyway, it was the it was the West was behind it, really. But it, it, it's it's always it reminds me of the uh, the the rich man that had the uh, chestnuts roasting over a fire, and the monkey grabbed the cat, and the cat grabbed the, the chestnuts, and he ate the chestnuts, and the owner scolded the cat because he had burnt paws. Said we're we're the cat, and that we're being held by the monkey, a bunch of monkeys, right? But anyway, that's how I see it. Our country needs to wake up and understand what's going on. And this bozo that we have in the White House, that's an act of war against a country that has hypersonic ICBM capabilities. That joker well, better hope he can mow his way into one of those underground tunnels. Flash, oh. Flash, just start, you know, if we keep a scorecard, Afghanistan, disaster, Russia, Ukraine, balloons and objects, octagonal and, else, and otherwise, all over the place. Five in, in, in nine days? I mean... We just never had anything like this. There's no respect for this president. And the China is testing. The world is testing. There's no question about it. And he is left, to quote uh, Heath Ledger uh, in uh, A Knight's Tale, uh, you, you have been left wanting. Uh, we'll be back. Don't go away. And more of your calls coming up on the Hurley in the Morning program. Download the WPG Talk Radio app for your iPhone or Droid and take South Jersey's talk station wherever you go. Get free, unlimited South Jersey news right at your fingertips. Listen to and easily call all of your favorite local and national talk shows. Wake up with Harry Hurley using the alarm clock feature and more. It's the WPG Talk Radio app for your iPhone or Droid. Download it now at WPGTalkRadio.com. Download every Hurley in the Morning program as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We can get one call in before the top of the hour break and then more after that. Mayor Kane expected in the 9 o'clock hour. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Hey, Harry. Elmer. It's Elmer in Baltimore. Yeah. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. I got a code to pick with you. Good. Let's do it. I took, I took the Eagles. I took the Eagles and liked it. I like the Eagles too. I thought they were going to do it. Yeah. And I bet on the damn guys. <laughs> it was so winnable. It's such a shame. I mean, like every game, four or five plays, the fumble was big. Two breakdowns on defense were touchdowns were scored where they could have probably held them to a field goal. Uh, that was huge. Uh, I'm, I'm not a crybaby, but it was a terrible officiating call in the final couple of minutes with the holding penalty that was just completely ridiculous. And, and uh, almost everyone that I've heard, including Greg Olson, uh, Elmer, do me a favor, because I know you did hold for a while. I tried to get you on once before, but you weren't there uh, or disconnected us or something. So hang in there. We're going to continue with the phone calls. But yeah, I'm with you, Elmer. The... Um, and we're going to talk about it more in the 9 o'clock hour. Uh, it's just one of those things. I mean, two, two very good teams 
played and and one is going to be happy and one's going to be very unhappy. I just don't like it when officials, because that official knew making that call meant that he was deciding the outcome of the game instead of letting the players play. Uh, It was total incidental contact. I don't even believe the ball was catchable. If 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 the if the player didn't have a defender, it's not like he held him up. It was a very, very bad call. Elmer will continue right after the break. It's halftime on the Hurley in the Morning program. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We're going to get to your calls, I promise, in just a moment. Elmer's going to get to finish, and then we'll get everybody in. And I will let me tell the next caller who they are so they're inspired to hang out you're going to be next right after elmer finishes up and you'll be after that hang in there we do have an open phone line or two now at 609-407-1450 mayor kane at uh the nine o'clock hour what um what i I totally disagree with what a friend of mine is saying uh there's it's it's kind of like how can i explain this if and i did i did a whole monologue on this I said we're holding most of the Eagles discussion until the nine o'clock hour. I mentioned the player, the Eagles cornerback, uh, who um, said after the game, James, uh, who is it? Bradbury, James Bradbury, the cornerback, said on that third down penalty that it was holding. That doesn't change anything. I didn't say that technically it wasn't. I'm saying what officials should do in a game. Believe me when I tell you uh, from who was the analyst, uh, the the former wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, he actually he went so far as to say, I don't want to wish him to miss the field goal, but you don't end a game like that. The, the, the friend of mine is is a Cowboys fan and kind of a rabid one. So he does not have objectivity where the Eagles are concerned. And I say that in friendship and with respect, not, not, as, a, not as a dig. Uh, it doesn't matter that the player said it was holding. Should the official have made the call? Every serious person that I know agrees that that was a terrible call to make in that situation. Because the official was deciding the game. Look, if a player gets absolutely mugged and they would have had a reception and you've got to, you've got to make certain calls and and be completely nose blind to the time on the clock or the circumstances so on. On a ticky-tack nothing issue. It doesn't matter if the player admits that it was a holding call because he knows he knows what he did. And just like, you know, when receivers and and they all do it, some are better than others. They'll knock a player's hand down 
and kind of actually it's offensive pass interference, but it rarely gets called because it's considered incidental and they let players play and players make plays. You don't make that call. And and look, I'm just a 25-year high school official. I'm not pretending to be an official at the NFL level, but I was a very good official and I know I know what calls are supposed to be made and what calls are not supposed to be made. On the basketball court, there's an expression, swallow the whistle. If players are playing, you know, you don't do ticky-tack stuff to disrupt the game and to affect the game. This particular referee decided by himself that he was going to determine the winner of the Super Bowl. It, it will always be a controversial, horrifically bad call. The fact that the cornerback says, oh, I, I, it was holding, is not, is not Perry Mason, you know, uh, checkmate, that, that that ends the discussion of it. It doesn't matter what he says. It's what officials should do in that particular situation. And, and I've looked at the play many times. Uh, it was not a well-thrown ball. Uh, it was overthrown. Regardless of the tiny little ticky-tack touching that went on, the player wasn't going to make the reception. It was going to be fourth down. They were going to have to kick a field goal, uh, and the Eagles would have had enough time to come down the field, and they probably would have either won the game or tied the game because KC would have gone prevent defense. Eagles would have got in field goal range. Elliott never misses, and it, it would have been players deciding the game. I, I've, I've made this comment only once this morning, and I said I'm not the kind of person. I'm a fan. I'm not a fanatic. I'm very objective when it comes to this kind of thing. For example, and my party will admit this last night at my house, I knew that Devontae Smith did not catch that ball. The only way that play was going to stand would be if the Eagles could have got that playoff before it could be challenged. I'm objective when it comes to this stuff. That and a lot of people think that was a catch. It was not a catch. So we're objective about this kind of thing. That was a terrible way to end the Super Bowl. And I, I and there's wide agreement to that point. It's not it's not a position held by me alone. Elmer, you were saying, go right ahead. The time is yours. Yeah, I got a couple um, points to make, but let me finish up with uh, the game. It's a good book called The Fix Is In. <laughs> and I'll show you how crooked sports are. Well, look, I mean, there, there's a referee that got convicted of fixing games, uh, very notorious. Uh, there's always been bad stuff. Uh, I'm not suggesting that this official, I think it was a bad call. I, I will tell you there were two other calls, and one went the um, Chiefs' way and the other went the Eagles' way, where the, the ref, they, the, the Eagles stopped playing on a play because it was obvious that a Chiefs defensive line player, I don't remember the, the player's number or name, uh, was offsides. It took this pregnant three-second almost pause where the Eagles just stood up and they just stopped playing, and then the official threw the flag. Mahomes got a, a call that I don't think they should have gotten. It was it was close, uh, and Eagles 
uh, Lyman was was guilty of the infraction, but the officials missed it. And then Mahomes pointed it out. And then late and wrong, it was it was not a a well officiated game in certain respects. It really wasn't. And I have to say, and because of other circumstances, nobody's talking about it now. What about the condition of the field for both teams? I mean, there could have been career-ending injuries. Uh, you couldn't; they couldn't keep their footing on that field. Yeah. Well, you can't grow grass in Arizona. Yeah, but you don't have to have a turf that that you can't. Uh, they have the turf that that you can get traction on that that's not i forget what they call it yeah. but it's it's not it's not a grass it's a a, a synthetic where you see those black little pellets come flying yeah. out this field was very dangerous last night yeah I, elmer I, let me let me jump i want to i want to get in one more call before the break welcome to hurley in the morning you're on the air harry hurley george Wimberg. hey george I never call, but I have to give you a Steve Wynn house story. Uh, compliments the Ventnor City Police Department. Great. Did you like our story that we published this morning? Excellent. Thank Beautiful you. Beautiful house. Shouldn't come down yeah. like so many others. Exactly. I don't know if Don ever heard this story, but I knew, growing up in Ventnor, I knew a lot of police officers, and this is a hand-me-down story. But uh, Steve Wynn's house had a burger alarm. That was connected to the Golden Nugget, and it went off, and the Golden Nugget called the Ventnor City Police Department. Can you please check on the house? We have an alarm. Uh, Whoever it was, I cannot remember who told me this story. They knocked on the door. They knocked on the door. They rang the doorbell, and the front, no no answer, and they opened up the door, and they heard a noise upstairs, people talking. And it's an upstairs railing with the bedrooms upstairs. And they're yelling out, hello, uh, Vetner police, everything okay? And Frank Sinatra walks out and leans over the railing and says, everything's okay, boys. Steve will be down in a second. Oh, my God. I know the story. I've heard the story. It is possible that Don Hurley answered the call. Now, Don was in Ventnor, as you know, and then he moved. Uh, I was going to say transfer, but that's not quite true. There's not a transfer, but he left Ventnor to go to Atlantic City. Uh, Don answered several calls uh, at the uh, Wynn Mansion. I had so much fun, George, writing that story. And and like you, and I, I appreciate you have such a history, you know, uh, love of the history of things. That home, and I've been in it, I've been in it quite a few times, was spectacular and it's so spectacularly done by Joel Bergman, uh Kenny Wynn, uh Nikki Jones, Atlantia Design, that for almost forty years everything in the home, the wall decor, the even the appliances, everything is still in there from forty years ago, George. Right, yep. Things sometimes are better when they stay the same. Yeah. The windows are all gone now. Uh, the, the backhoe is on the property. The place is coming down. It's a fortress. Now, certain things I wouldn't know that only a guy like Rick Santoro that does personal protection would know. 12-inch thick brick and everything. Fortress of solitude. Well, thank you. I thought I'd give you a quick call. I don't call much, but 
Nice talking to you last week. Good talking to you. The only thing I don't want you to do is be dying to see me. Other than that, this is a joy. <laughs> All right. Talk to you later. See you, George. George Wimberg, ladies and gentlemen. That's a little bit of dark humor there. Uh, the legendary uh, funeral home operators. Wonderful people. The whole the whole Wimberg family. All right. We have an open phone line. As I promised, you will be next. That was just a quick Wimbo rare appearance. And then you will be the caller after that as soon as we come back in just a little bit. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. For complete contest rules, visit WPGTalkRadio.com. We are back. I am Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5, which is South Jersey's number one news talk radio station, all because of you. And I am urging you. I I won't say I'm going to plead because I don't have to. You don't make me beg. And I, I wouldn't do that to you either. Too much respect for you. But I need you this hour uh, very badly because I feed off of your energy. Uh, I'm on two and a half hours sleep and a marathon weekend out of state. Uh, Just a perfect convergence. And I knew it. I knew exactly what this morning was going to feel like. And especially if the Eagles were to lose. For some reason, if if you win, I can't explain it. You, You just it's just a different shows you how much certain things are physical but so much is mental uh so when i tell you at 2 15 this morning and uh i did not sleep in you know i got up like i need to and there's things i've got to do and i I finished that uh steve Wynn article at literally 5 55 a.m this morning i knew i couldn't sleep in another hour or two i just couldn't do it I needed to get that done and a bunch of other things. So I feed off you um, all the time, but especially when I'm on low reserve. So check in 609-407-1450 so we can have a conversation together this hour. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Hey, good morning, Harry. It's Frank from Denton. Hello, Frank. So, Harry, we've already talked about a few mysteries today, and I'd like to bring up a 600-year-old mystery where the issues surrounding it are still issues we are discussing today. Wow. Fascinating. Go. (laughs) And this is the mystery. What happened to the Vikings? They they lived in uh, Greenland for 500 years, and then they disappeared. And this was between the years of about 950 and 1450. Uh, they, They still don't know why, but I wanted to give some of the reasons they think why they may have disappeared. Okay. Uh, suddenly, and you know, no one knows why. Um, one thing they agree on, Harry, though, is they um, it, it, everyone kind of agrees it was a very fragile society. Only a few thousand people at most living on Greenland. And secondly, they all seem to agree they didn't die off by being killed by some other group, and they didn't appear to die from disease. That's the two things most of them agree on. So here's some of the reasons. One um, has to do with the climate. I knew you were going to bring uh, that up. Now, I, I, I am I am a little bit versed on this. I'm not an expert on the 14th century, but that is, in all fairness, and it is interesting that we're doing this in this particular era where climate change right now, I believe, is, is almost it's a cult. It's just a crazy cult uh, because everything they say doesn't happen. But um there is a belief that 
the Vikings in Greenland, because there were Vikings elsewhere, too, not just Greenland, that they suddenly vanished. And it's linked to plummeting temperatures, because remember, Greenland is Greenland because it was very green lush. Uh, It wasn't frozen. So plummeting temperatures. Also, I've heard, Frank, poor land management as well. So uh, those were a couple of things I've heard about over the years. Yeah, and uh, so that'll be the first one. About about the climate, what we do know is that there, for the last hundred years, they've lived there. There was an exceptional flow of uh, ice coming out of the Arctic, which, uh, which cooled all, a, a lot of northern Europe. Also, there were big volcanoes that threw a lot of sulfur into the air, which cooled the Earth. And most recently, they uh, they think there was also a drought, a very uh, a heavy drought that occurred near the end of while they while they were there. So those those are possible reasons. Another reason, uh, deflation. This is interesting, Harry. They used to um, rely on um, harvesting walrus tusks. They used to go out. They would go hunting for walrus tusks, and they would sell it back to uh, northern Europe and to Iceland. Now, over the years, though, the Europeans started trading with the, uh, uh, African countries and even uh, getting, uh, so they got a lot of the elephant tusks with ivory. That made the price of the Vikings' walrus tusks worth a lot less. So there, they, you know, that trade got ruined. And they think that may have been enough to make them abandon it. Well, I also heard, again, I'm no expert on this at all, that they ran out of water. Uh, well, that was with the drought. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. possible that the drought, the drought yeah. was too. So um, if there's no water, you got to go. You got to go. Uh, another one, Harry, the, well, the Vikings, they, most of Europe, it was the plague. The plague was in Europe. It was also in Iceland, which is pretty close. But it doesn't appear to have reached Greenland. So they were safe in that area, but it disrupted their supply chains. So now they couldn't trade as much with Europe because you know, people were dying. Everything was just disrupted, just like our, our supply chains were during a pandemic. So they think that could have been enough to tip them, to tip them over. I just, I, just looked up something. I, I just looked up something real quick I want to share with you. It's um, about a year old. I'm not saying it's, um, you know, the Yoda, you know, the oracle of of what happened, but it's science.org. And I've gone to this source before, uh, and it's been pretty good in the past. So this says that new stu- a new study spotlights drought, which I mentioned a moment ago, but I, I mentioned that without seeing this. This I saw after making that comment. So it says a new study spots, spotlights drought rather than temperature or other reasons as the key to the disappearance. They they call it Norse, N-O-R-S-E, Norse disappearance, the disappearance of Greenland's Vikings. So um, that seems to be the story. They ran out of water. Yeah, that, that's one possibility. Uh, I'll just give two more. Harry. Yeah. Um, these are interesting. A drop in real estate prices. I'm just relating it to today. Because the, there was so much plague in Iceland and in Europe, now land became available, which was a lot better land that was in Greenland. 
So the Vikings had the chance to go and live somewhere else and obtain land that wasn't available to them before then. And the last reason, this one is just interesting too. There may have, because there were only a few thousand people during the time when there was the, uh, I guess it was the spring hunting season for walruses, almost all of the young, strong men would go out in the boats to get the walruses. Right. And they think it's possible that there could have been just one single uh, cataclysmic uh, tragedy at sea that could have killed off three or four hundred of the men, the strongest men, and and then the, the rest of the village, you know, the rest of the people just couldn't survive without these. Yeah, their strength was gone. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm persuadable to that. I'm, I'm leaning towards the drought. There just wasn't water, so you have to go somewhere else, uh, which seems logical. I don't think they were all wiped out in one event, but I do agree if it happened that way, if their very best, strongest and best all got wiped out in some kind of tragic event, hundreds that over time they they would falter, you know, founder. Uh, Frank, good stuff. Let me run because when we come back, I have a big thank you because, look, I could write a story about the Steve and Elaine Wynn mansion in Ventnor. I worked for the company as Rick did. Uh, I visited the, the home on a number of occasions and could write a story. And it would be probably better than pedestrian. But the, the story that we were able to work, it's, it's again, I, I'm a big fan of synergy, that, that the work of a team is always better than the work of one person. I proved that actually at the Golden Nugget in customer services training, uh, which I went to train the trainer. And then I got to teach the president, Boone Wason and all Hank Applegate and all these senior executives uh, customer services training. And we did exercises that showed that because I picked one person and you had to do the project yourself. Then I had teams, teams of two, teams of four, and the teams always beat the individuals. And there's a reason for that, because I had all this stuff, balsa wood and flotsam and jetsam and 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 a weighted car that I brought to the bridge that they built. And if I could roll the car across the bridge, it was a weighted metal car. Uh, they passed. If the car collapsed the bridge, they failed. Uh, no one individual ever achieved the task, but the teams were able to typically achieve the task. The article that we wrote, and I think we do it in the article, and I hope we do, give a lot of credit uh, and thanks to Rick Santoro because he was there. He was in a position of trust, and he was there. It made the story with his content, uh, and he's got this steel trap memory that can go back 30 and 40 years like it's yesterday, uh, just value added to the max so it, I make it clear, this is a collaborative piece uh, that we did this morning. I'm very proud of it, and check it out. And we'll talk to Rick when we come back right after this on the Hurley in the Morning program. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info yep. and Weather Network. Yep, still me, Harry Hurley, with three stories you can follow on the app right now. With Rick Santoro, a walk down memory lane, the Steve Wynn Ventner Mansion. It's coming down. I don't agree with that. Nor did George Wimberg a moment ago. Rick will talk about it in a second. Go see Carrie Underwood when you can when she comes back to Atlantic City or travel to see her. 
you're going to be blown away, pun intended. Uh, and another New Jersey town has switched from Democrat to Republican. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. We start the new work week with a return to quiet, pleasant, mild weather. It'll be another week feeling more like early spring than the middle of winter. As raindrops wrap up this morning, it'll turn mostly sunny and mild this afternoon. High of 56 degrees. Tonight will be clear, breezy and cool, low of 36. Lots of sunshine tomorrow with a cool breeze. High 53, 61 Wednesday. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. I always wanted to learn. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Brian Kilmeade is next at 10. Now, back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. All right, so if you read the article that we wrote this morning, the art was taken, the photos by Rick Santoro, and really the wonderful content uh, and the great details uh, provided by Rick Santoro. And then we have nice quotes. Rick was willing to give us some quotes for the article as well. So it really made it... Um, I think a memorable piece that I, I'm absolutely convinced is going to make its way to Las Vegas, uh, and Mr. Wynn will hear about it and uh, and read it. I say that you know, obviously he can read. There's very creative ways that he can read. Um, but it's a pleasure to welcome Rick to the program, and I appreciate the opportunity, Rick, to partner with you on that. It's a sentimental property, isn't it? Oh, totally sentimental. Sentimental for me. And, you know, for Ventnor, one of those, uh, it was literally a historic home in the St. Leonard's Tract that the Archdiocese of Camden owned and the highest ranking members of the Archdiocese uh, used it for a retreat. And they had summer meetings, they had special prayer um, services, and they met and they conducted business in the house, church business in the house over the years. Many, many homes in that area, the St. Leonard's Tract also had similar similar operations, but this was the one for the highest ranking, you know, highest ranking church officials. So once Wynn decided to develop in New Jersey, he, uh, uh, friends of his here, I think it was, was, uh, Mr. Crosby from resorts encouraged him to, you know, have a residence here and have his own place here. And, and this home, uh, was available or became available in Ventnor. So the Golden Nugget Atlantic City at the time, GNAC at the time, was formed, and the house was purchased um, by uh, GNAC to be the corporate residence. So the, it, it had statuary. Even the outside of the houses, house had notches in it where there was religious statues. Inside the house, there was uh, these alcoves and areas where there was statuary in there and, you know, um, uh, not pews, but um, kneelers were in there and, you know, all these things. And then there was this secret garden in the back that went from Cornwall to Derby that was completely walled off, uh, fenced off. It had, you know, 15 high foot bushes. And that was a outside uh, prayer garden and sanctuary. So, of course, you know, women being a Jewish businessman and not being a Catholic at all, all that stuff was removed and given back to, to the church. And in the beginning, um, it was redesigned in two different phases. They, they, the house was uh, walled off, completely walled off one side from the other, while one side was fixed up. And then the, 
you know, uh, second side was, was fixed up. So in the beginning, I would uh, have to stay. I stayed there when the family was there. Mr. Wynn was there. I stayed up in a little bedroom at the top, um, all the way at the top that hadn't been refurbished yet. I would stay up there. And then sometimes, uh, you know, if the house was occupied or was a lot of people in there, I would actually stay in a car. I would sleep in one of the uh, company cars outside. And then after that, the, the company rented an apartment for me at the house that used to be directly next door that the Campbell Soup Company had owned wow. and sold as a retreat for their executives. And I lived in the basement there. But that house had some really high, powerful meetings took place there. Uh, governors uh, went there to that house. Um, labor leaders, Tom Carver, when he was, uh, you know, a labor leader and before he became in charge of the casino, um, CRDA, was in there frequently. Um, all the artists uh, were afforded the opportunity to stay in the house, especially in the summer. And some of them took them up and some of them didn't. Um, there, and, and they, uh, you know, he at his house, he had uh, surfboards and bicycles in the garage and things that they would check in and they could detach a little bit with their family. And he encouraged them to come when they performed to bring their, bring their families. So it was, it was really a, uh, iconic. One of the reasons that it has to be torn down is it's actually built below the house sits on a slab, um, at the bottom. The only submerged piece of it that goes under is this pump utility room, but it's really below the FEMA, uh, uh, uh required, um, flood height. And to make it habitable now, they would have to pick it up. And this house cannot be picked up. It's, it's got um, a tremendous amount of poured concrete, steel, rebar in there. And it was built by the archdiocese to be very fortress-like. There, there's very, very thick walls, 12-inch uh, thick walls that are reinforced concrete and rebar. So to raise a home like that is, is almost impossible. You know, it will cost millions and millions of dollars just to pick it up. Rick, let me get the last break in. I want to, I want to finish up. I want to follow up with, um, the fact that Mr. Wynn was very big on security, hence you. And I've told the story of how, um, someone made a move, uh, with a weapon actually at Mr. Wynn and Rick Santoro came of age at a very young age, uh, by bravely and very quickly, uh, de-escalating the situation. I feel very sophisticated saying it like that, but a lot of people would have um, choked uh, in the pressure of the moment. You did not. And I really do believe everybody has a moment in their career. Mine was my one-on-one with President Trump, and he gave me the job. I think that moment of, of truth, uh, when you basically, I mean, I'm going to say it. No one's ever said it probably this way, but I, I believe you saved... Steve Wynn's life. And I do remember the story. And I've spoken to Mr. Wynn about this story. He's very, very serious about security and all kinds of things uh, involving, you know, protection uh, because they experienced one of their daughters being kidnapped and held for ransom. Uh, Truth is that Mr. Wynn, I think, broke every rule in the business uh, because you do anything to get your child back, and and I believe he handled it on his own, and he got her back. I know that much, uh, but I know how serious Mr. Wynn was about security, 
at his home, at our properties. Uh, and I want to talk a little bit about that to the extent that you will uh, when we come back. Rick Santoro, uh, who made it possible for us to collaborate on a piece that you can read on the app or at WPGTalkRadio.com. And it's about, unfortunately, and I understand why, uh, but it would be just magnificent if that home that was restored almost four decades ago, and you'll read some of the, the touches that Rick remembered that we were able to include in the piece, uh, if you check that out. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Don't go away. Sean Hannity. Department of Energy now is putting forward a rule that would phase out the use of compact fluorescent light bulbs as part of the Biden administration's efforts to remove less energy efficient bulbs from the market. We leave our light bulbs alone, leave our stoves alone, leave 7-Eleven alone. How much money a year does the government make by selling cigarettes and tobacco products with their taxes they put on it? Sean Hannity, weekday afternoons at 3 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app. Hey, I'm very pleased to report. I was saying to Rick, I've been so busy this morning and also on two and a half hours sleep. So um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm dragging a little bit, but my energy level, though, is high. Um, But I went to a a really nice uh, aggregator of news and saw that our story is trending and recommended. And I thought it was going to do well. Uh, if you get a chance, check it out on the app, WPGTalkRadio.com uh, website or the app, whichever you prefer. The content is there. Uh, and with Rick's participation, it really made for, I think, a really interesting piece. And I mentioned right before the break, Rick, Mr. Wynn, and you know it better than I do, but in my position, I know it well also, if I wasn't talking to you, I would I would I would not elevate my, you know, my position. But, you know, I would comment uh, about the same that I know how big Mr. Wynn is. I'm not saying was he's still with us is regarding security. Would you agree with that comment? Yeah. Yeah. Over the years, he definitely um, ratcheted up and had to ratchet up security for him and the family but in the beginning it was a very tough pill for him to swallow you know he did not like being dependent on anyone he he didn't he was concerned about his privacy that's one reason why i got that assignment as a young man to protect him because he had he was the subject of frequent death threats all the time and early in my career it was uh neo-nazis and and members uh, skinheads had targeted him had targeted him for death and they were, you know, came walking, you know, parading through the hotel a time or two. They, they, they were outside of his house in Las Vegas and here. And then Wins, you know, was concerned about hiring in the beginning. There was a few uh, off duty police that he hired, but he was concerned that his uh, privacy would be compromised. So he wanted, he asked Joe Petusky was my boss at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, Do you have any, here and what can happen he said well yeah we we got a guy right here we have a guy that's a martial artist and and he has a uh, permit to carry a handgun through a business he formed with with a uh, retired atlantic city policeman to do armed protection he's right here he's, by, by the way i have to comment on this not not to um you know jazz you up or, or blow smoke civilians getting the right to carry a weapon 
with our prosecutors that we've had over the years in Atlanta County. This was before the Supreme Court decision, because I've always felt that it was unconstitutional, but it didn't, didn't matter because it, it was in place. And I can't remember. There was only maybe a couple of counties out of there's 21 counties in the state where there was a philosophy uh, of that particular county of the county prosecutor where anyone that wasn't a sworn police officer, they just didn't want they didn't want it. Uh, you could have death threats. You could have all kinds of issues. They didn't allow it. That was it. back then, Rick. We're going back, you know, 40 years just about. That was extraordinary, wasn't it? Absolutely. The permit number for my permit was 0009. There you go. Number nine. There were only nine in Atlanta County. And the prosecutors at the time, I'm not even sure if Blitz was the first one. They, the process was you had to have a psychological exam. You had to have 40 hours in training. You had to prove and document the need. It had to be for employment and a certain heavy, heavy restrictions. We still had to trample into court with three attorneys, including Fred Cerny, who was, who was a retired prosecutor. Joe Fusco did it for a period of time, was an Atlanta County prosecutor. And to have a confidential hearing, uh, Lloyd Levinson participated, Rona, Rona Kaplan over the years. And we had to produce the evidence of the death threats and the evidence that, look, this, this uh, man and his family are, you know, are in peril. And they're owed the opportunity of armed protection. So all that wrangling happened behind the scenes. And then even then, every police chief in your town would have to sign off on that permit before it went to the prosecutor's office. And the prosecutor's office basically threatened the chiefs of police. And they said, look, if you sign this permit for anybody, you're going to be held liable if there's an incident. So... You know, the I got. I think Ronald Fay was the first chief of police in Ventnor, and a, and a great man. He said, "Rick, you know, once again, you know, here you come. I, I unfortunately I have to deny your application for the permit to carry a handgun because we can't accept this liability on the citizens of Ventnor if you, you know, discharge your firearm or there is an incident." So. With all apologies, every town I lived in, the chiefs of police would apologize that they denied my permit. And then behind the scenes, we presented the evidence and the prosecutor's office ultimately uh, did not, could not contest it. And, you know, a superior court judge had to sign the permit. But I had, you know, I had a whole paragraph of restrictions on the back, only, you know, carrying a gun to and from work only, only one handgun at a time, only while in the presence of high ranking personalities, famous personalities, member of the Wynn family, you know, later members of the Trump family, and escorting those carrying large sums of money or valuables. They couldn't even fit the restrictions. The <laughs> There's so many. Rick, we are at the end of the hour. We have a lot to talk about still to be continued uh, when your time permits in the near future. Uh, thanks for the uh, the big assist. I think the article came out really good, and we'll keep in touch. Okay? Yep. Thank, Thank you, Rick. You. Dom Purdy's going to join us with Mayor Kane next. City, WENJHD3, Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. And then, Bob. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. 
Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. Six minutes past the hour. Mayor Charles Kane is here. And this portion of our program every Monday morning for decades brought to us by the Auto Plaza at Galloway Township and Kane's Custom Carts. The Auto Plaza by Charles and Amory Kane. They are the official and exclusive automobile service parts and sales provider for the Hurley in the Morning program. Mayor Kane is here. He knows in the opening segment we're going to be visiting with another longtime mayor and the chairman of, and I have to say, the winning chairman. He's on quite a roll. The chairman of the Atlanta County Republican Party, our very good friend, Don Purdy, is here to promote uh, a grand event that's going to be taking place, an inaugural event that's going to be taking place this Friday at Resorts Casino Hotel in Atlantic City, the inaugural Ronald Reagan dinner uh, that Chairman Purdy is um, is hosting. Mayor Kane and Chairman Purdy, both of you, welcome to the program. Good Monday morning, Mayor. Good, good Monday morning, Chairman. And good morning, Mayor. How are you? Wonderful. Thanks for asking. Could be a little better if our uh, birds would have pulled it off last night, uh, but well. you, you know, it, 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 it's a sad thing. They it was a great game. You know, you're on your toes. Um, you know, I had this obviously this dinner that we put together, and John Runyon is one of our guest speakers. So I was talking with John yesterday, and he said to me, "You know, you can't imagine the pandemonium of Eagle fans in in." In Arizona, it was incredible. Um, so, you know, the, the Eagles were. By the way, they I, I found out over sixty percent of the ticket sales were Eagles fans. Eagles, we talk about this, Mayor Purdy and Chairman Purdy and Mayor Kane a lot on this program. The Eagles travel well. It, it's unbelievable. Um, you know, our, our, our chairwoman Amy Gatto went out and. Uh, she, she, she had a great time. She had some great pictures. And it all went through the Eagles organization as how she planned it. And they planned everything for her. It was like an all-inclusive. It was, it's a cool, it was a cool experience. That's oh, neat. All right, so uh, Chairman Purdy, uh, tell us what's going to be happening on Friday. Well, first of all, uh, Mayor, I appreciate you letting me uh, jump in here on your time. So, as always, I appreciate it, and I appreciate our friendship. And, um, you know, we, we put together, Nick LaRotonda is the executive director. He, he says, we, we need to do a special um, dinner. I want to do it every year, this and that. So he said, let's go to the Reagan dinner. So all this is on Nick LaRotonda. He did this in a month and a half, which is incredible. And, Harry, I appreciate you gracefully helping us and, and going to uh, MC it for us. I appreciate because you're very, very good at it. Um, so, again, thank you. So we're doing this at resorts. It's going to be a great night. Um, we have a, a lot of people coming, and it's all for a good cause because that's what we need for Republican leadership. I've said it before. I'll say it again. We always get outspent um, as, as Republicans. The Democrats have a printing machine. They print it nonstop. But we got better candidates. And to have an event like this that we put together to raise money, to get like-minded individuals put into office is what we're doing. And we're going to do it every year, Harry. Uh, God willing that we're here uh, to, to have this conversation again next year and do it again next year. Um, uh, I'm very appreciative to all the staff and friends that we have out there helping us. I think it's a great. I think it's a great idea. I, I know the energy is going to be incredible. Uh, I'm not being partisan when I say this. I'm just analyzing it as I see it. Republicans are on a roll right now. Wrote about it recently. 
uh, in Atlanta County and in District 2, if you're looking at the legislative map of uh, the Senator Palestina, Districts 1, 2, and 3, when you look at how they were all basically, with the exception of maybe Chris Brown, uh, all basically Democrat, all three legislative seats uh, and the two assembly seats here. Uh, and now every single legislative seat in Districts 1, 2, and 3, Chairman Purdy and Mayor Kane. Chairman Purdy, to comment first, uh, are now all Republican. Republicans are on a roll right now. Well, you know, that is that is a great uh, time for us. If you look at the map, we are uh, hopefully going to take, I believe, uh, District 4, which is, a re- is Democrat control right now. Uh, the redistricting map obviously was put out there. It's very good for Republicans. It's winnable. Um, I have a, a nice young man, Matt Walker, that, uh, that I'm putting up to run for Senate in District 4. He's a, a great guy. and We'll bring him in later for an interview, Harry, if you don't mind. Sure. But, you know, this is what it takes to, to, to bring money back to our shores, our shore community. If you look up and down all the way up to Monmouth, it's all Republican controlled. And that's all the money that they send to Trenton and bringing it back is where that's where the fight is. We send it out, but trying to get it back is where the problem is. And and our senators and our assembly teams all across the districts are, are all beating. We only lose if we fight ourselves. Yeah, I agree with that. And if four flips, that will be just to me an earthquake because and i'm not saying it would be an absolute shocker because i do think the new composition of the district and the energy that's happening and what i believe is like a positive contagion i mean from one to two to three and three as you know is even a firmer uh republican composition uh district setup than it was when uh when uh senate president sweeney was defeated uh, by by Senator Dorff. So you have um, a definite, I mean, opportunity here where if four goes Republican, District 4, we're, I think, within a year or so of Republicans being back in the majority statewide, Chairman Purdy. It, it, it's a hard road because obviously the, the, the North um, dictates and controls a lot. But as you reported earlier, Harry, about the other towns that are changing over to Republican control, yep. it's not a matter of of people changing is the party changing and the people are staying with their values, but the party is changing around them. And that's what's showing the, 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 the uh, gravity to bring these people into a conservative network because their values really haven't changed as much as the party's walking away from them. Let me get this in real quick. And then Mayor Kane, if you have a question for Mayor Purdy before we go to the break, then we'll let him go. He's coming back on Wednesday morning, and we're going to visit for the whole second half of the 8 o'clock hour on this and anything else that Chairman Purdy wants to put on the table. Uh, if someone wants to still get involved for Friday night, Chairman Purdy, do you have availability? Yeah, but they have to do it today, Harry, because we did cut it off over the weekend, and uh, resorts did give us until today at 5 o'clock to get the names in. Uh, we have a great attendance. Um, you know, I'm not here just to push it to ask people to come because we would love them to come. But, you know, last notice is tough, but we did a great job putting it together. And, again, I want to thank Nick for that. Fantastic. Well done. That's nice. Yeah, this is a big day. When you give your guarantee, that's, uh, that's big stuff. That means it's really uh, right there. Chairman, you and I will reconvene uh, on Wednesday, 8.35, right after the 8.30 break. 
I appreciate that. And I just want to give a, a, a shout out to Rick Santorum because he is a great dude. Santorum is the best. He's a gentleman. Uh, he's an educator. And I'm glad that when he moved out of Galloway that he stayed close and didn't go for a Mustang Ventner. There you go. Good to talk to you. Mayor, thank you for your time, as you, always. You know it. Good to talk to you. Chairman Don Purdy, Atlanta County Republican Party Chairman. Mayor Kane continues, of course, because this is the Auto Plaza at Galloway Township and Kane's Custom Carts. Bob Progner is here, third man in the broadcast booth. I, I guess, in a way, although we can always, you know, something comes up, if some kind of trade happens or anything newsworthy, we can talk Eagles anytime that Mayor Kane wants to. But this is sort of the uh, the closing of this season, which I'm I'm really anxious to hear what both of you are going to have to say. I can't explain why. It could be because I had a magical weekend that I don't even have time to explain. It was so amazing. Those that were listening when I had Tom Cantone on know, you know, just a bit about what we did this weekend. And I came home with two hours to spare before a party that Margie and I hosted at our home began and I just, I can't explain it. I accepted this loss better than uh, than you might expect because I really, I'm in my jersey because I'm an Eagles fan. Uh, I'm not somebody that's a fair weather fan. I have my beautiful brand new Jalen Hurts number one jersey that I'm going to get years of use out of. I still have my Donovan McNabb jersey. We brought that out and put that on a, on a friend last night at our house. Uh, and so I can't explain why. I, I think the last call sucked Heine. Uh, no good official should ever, ever make that call. And, that, and I have people saying, oh, the quarterback says it was holding. Listen, it doesn't matter what some knucklehead says. He he, he probably did. But the, the pass was well overthrown. The player was not impeded to the to the point where he would have even been able to make a play. That alone should have the the official should have kept the uh, the yellow hanky in in his pants. Uh, and the fact that it was such minimal, what's referred to as incidental contact. It, I haven't had a chance to talk to Bob or to Mayor Kane about this. I think it's one of the worst calls in Super Bowl history, and any good official had to know, based on the time left in the game, giving them that penalty instead of them kicking a field goal and the Eagles having almost two minutes to tie or win the game. And at that point, they probably still would have had one timeout, I think. They blew one. That was a mistake. They blew one earlier. Uh, But that call was just terrible. And I know that sounds like, you know, boo-hoo, boo-hoo, a fanatic, but I'm an official, retired. I know the calls that officials are supposed to make. And then the ones are supposed to swallow the whistle and let players play and let players win, win the game and not an official. That official decided that he was going to determine who was going to win the Super Bowl. Disgraceful. And that's my short take. We'll see what Mayor Kane has to say. And Bob Progner uh, on that. It's the Auto Plaza at Galloway Township and Kane's Custom Carts with yours truly. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. 
Sean Hannity this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. There is still loyalty in this uh, society. It's it's hard to find, and where you find loyalty, I often say this, hold on to it very, very tight. Uh, I wrote a post a while ago, just read, it just just reads, in studio, early in the morning, on short sleep, two and a half hours, tired eyes, happy heart, and just as supportive of the Philadelphia Eagles as ever. And I have with this, the volume down Fox News on right now, and there's Kellyanne Conway wearing a very cool, kind of retro-looking green Philadelphia Eagles hoodie. So she's got the Eagles on. That's the kind of person she is. Go see who, I mean, I'm not talking about the fools that are trying to climb greased poles and stuff like that. Uh, go find the people that today came to work, if you can. I mean, I, there's a dress code. You know, I'm not putting anybody down. But in their Eagle shirt. I was wearing this shirt whether the Eagles won last night or whether they lost last night. I do think the defense let us down. I think that officiating call was horrendous at the end with just under two minutes left. To, to just disgusting that an official would actually do that and decide for himself the the winner of the game just i i I have a hard time believing that that happened uh the fumble by hertz you know we we talked on our ride home from connecticut yesterday and even before the um the ride up as well every game has four or five plays the eagles had the two breakdowns on the touchdown passes had a hard time covering kelsey but it seems like everybody does and I think the defense did let down. I think Hertz had a, a had a really good game. Obviously, he made the the big mistake that led to the touchdown. And then you look at things: the Devonte uh, Smith, uh, and it was not a catch. I'm showing you that I am objective. You want to say it's a catch, but it was not a catch. It was as close to being a catch as you can come without it being one. He got both feet in. But he didn't control the ball. It, 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 as he went out of bounds, almost a miraculous catch. Um, so you look at these things, and then also too, Kansas City had to score on every single possession that they had the ball in the second half, just to eke out a three-point win. That's how much the Eagles were in this thing. And then, of course, the bad call at the end. What did you guys think? Let's give Mayor Kane, Bob, the first comment. Mayor, what did you think of that call at the end of the game, the the, um, the holding? Wow, Mayor. Good good morning, Bob. Uh, Mayor, I, I have to hey, tell you, um, as a as a diehard Eagles fan, and uh, you know, uh, I spent a lot of time uh, supporting our Eagles uh, to watch that. You know, we've had many conversations on the show uh, during the seasons, uh, regular seasons, and about the officiating and calls to watch that. Um, Literally, uh, you know, change the outcome of this game was was sickening because I mean, you know, that, that was probably one of the best football games um, that has been played this year by two teams that absolutely deserve to be there. And that call, as we all know, any any football fan that watches the game and is a, appreciates the game knows that that call can be called on almost any single play. And uh, to, to make that call at that time is suspect. And uh, it's a shame that, uh, you know, the Eagles still had a lot of work to do, a lot of work to do. 
But uh, if you look at this team and the storied uh, uh, past that they have this year, um, you, know, you still felt that they could have done that. And well, hey, Mayor, I think they would have done it, and I think even scored a touchdown and won the game, but I think certainly got into field goal range because Andy Reid, you know, he, he is pretty old-fashioned in certain respects. He would have done that prevent defense. The Eagles would have gotten into field goal range at least, and Elliott doesn't miss. I mean, this game would have gone, I think, minimum overtime. The other thing that's heartbreaking about it is time of possession. I mean, the Eagles dominated, dominated in so many ways. Uh, and it wasn't until what? Um, uh, late, I guess, midway through the, not midway through, um, but maybe a third of the way through the fourth quarter that uh, the Chiefs took the one-point lead. It was the only time in the game that the Eagles either weren't leading or when it was tied seven to seven, uh, some missed opportunities. And then of course I just thought, and I felt that they were going to do it guys. I don't know what you thought when the Eagles were down eight, I told our party, I said, this, this team is not going to quit. They're going to come down the field. They're going to score and they're going to make the two point conversion. And Hertz willed that he put his shoulder his bad shoulder, uh, his right shoulder into that. We don't even know uh, what that did. Well, well, I'm sure we'll hear about, I think we're going to hear about him needing surgery during the offseason. He's a gamer. And I, I, you know, I hate that the fumble happened because that just is, you know, a blemish. But uh, he threw for two touchdowns. He ran for a touchdown. He uh, ran the two-point conversion. I mean, I, I got to say it. I think the Eagles did let us down a bit. Bob, let's get your take. Um, are you pleased with the effort? It was a, a heroic effort by Hertz and, and Mahomes, but but absolutely heroic by by uh, Jalen Hertz. Uh, you know, Harry, the the uh, on that call here, one it, the receiver was not impeded from running his pattern. Correct. He ran the pattern he Correct. was going to run. Two, two. It's really important. Bradbury had a, a holding call earlier in the game that was not called. And it was right in front of the official. So that official was le- letting Bradbury and the rest of the defenders know what kind what, of game they were calling. And what was and then and like in other words, we're gonna let you play. We're not calling this tonight, but then they go call that Bush League stuff when the game's on and, the line. And, and the fi- final thing, Harry, on, on this here, that game was, was one of the best games ever, right? It, it deserved it deserved a different ending, meaning the Eagles the Eagles deserved a shot to, to tie it or win it at, at the end there. You know, and, uh, I mean, I was thrilled when, when that pass was incomplete. I really thought we had a shot. We had a real shot of at least tying it, and, and oh, yeah. that, that official denied denied all the great football fans of the country denied those final th- thrilling minute and fifty four seconds. He took that away from us. Let me p- point out something else that I don't know if either of you heard me say this morning. I'll treat it like you didn't. The Eagles and Chiefs each got one of these, so it evened out. But it's still terrible officiating. There were obvious uh, offsides, but they didn't call it. You had the Eagles actually stop playing. The offensive line stood up. 
Hertz stood up even taller than he usually is. Uh, and they, they, they basically were telling the officials, you know, you missed you missed this offsides here. And like five seconds late and wrong, the official threw the flag. You guys know what I'm talking about. And then there was one prior to that where Mahomes called the um, the and it was it was the correct call. Uh, but the officials weren't going to call it. And the players made the official call. I thought the officiating was very, very spotty in this game. Well, first of all, Bob, Go ahead, well, well said. I, I think you, you nailed that, Bob. I mean, that, that, that's what, exactly what happened. They denied um, football fans and Super Bowl fans and Eagles fans and Chiefs fans um, the excitement uh, that that entire game provided. Um, they denied that at the end. And, that, and that's a sad thing when, when one individual can, can make – make a questionable call like that and potentially change the outcome of, of the biggest football game uh, of the year. Well, you all know how Cincinnati feels. They felt jobbed by the officials. Chuck Malamut was just beside himself, and neither of them are teams that you know he's fans of. He was just beside himself as a sports fan. Any good official knows, whether you are a Little League umpire, a high school umpire, college, you name it, players play and decide games, not officials. I agree with Bob completely. I did a monologue this morning early on it and saved the rest for both of your arrival. The official made a call that veteran officials, and if you score well enough that you get chosen to do the Super Bowl, you're supposed to be ready to handle something like that. You don't make that call. You don't make that call. You think about a couple of things. You think about the fact that if you make that call, you've decided the game. The game's over. And if you're going to make that call, you got to have a player that was on a route that got basically mugged by the, the de- defender and affected his route, which I agree completely with Bob, and I said it myself earlier. The route was not affected by the incidental contact, and the ball was uncatchable. When you add all those things together... You never throw that flag. And I'll tell you what I wish. I wish the referee would have said, we're going to pick that flag up. There would have been some, oh, you know, there would have been some growling and stuff. But they should have never made that call. And they could have taken that flag back. So the referee also agreed with that. And maybe he didn't want to show up the um, the official that made the call. But that it for a great game like that, to be decided like that is just, it's unforgivable. Well, the, you know, the NFL is a billion-dollar industry, and they're really cheap when it comes to their officials. That That's their one of their major, major weak points. So stupid. Uh, it's, 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 it's a pittance. Compare, I mean, look at their bottom line. Look at their balance sheet. You need What you need to do is you need to pay officials to where they have no incentive to have to do any other job. Uh, to get paid so that that is what they can comfortably make a living and you pay great officials to be able to call the game correctly because that – there was a very – I don't know if you saw him and, and I don't know – basketball I could tell you, you know, referee, umpire, I know it like the back of my hand. And if it's a three-man crew, the configuration and all that or a two-man crew, I don't know which official it was an umpire or who it was, but there was a very indecisive official in that game. 
that literally was blowing calls and then making the call after the players made the call have to be made. It was a very frustrating thing to see. Uh, let me ask you if you both agree or disagree with my earlier point. The Devontae Smith catch-not-catch. I re- I regret to say that it's as close as you can come without making a catch. He didn't control the ball uh, the way that you need to in order to, you know, down to the ground and control the ball and all that. Do you agree with me that that was not a catch, or do you believe that was a catch? Mayor Kane first. Uh, Mayor, from what what we saw, I I thought that 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 was a catch. Um, I don't believe that ball was moving. They were two feet down, and um, I call that a catch. I called it a catch until I saw the final angle. Now, one of the things that I thought made a lot of sense, it's supposed to be beyond dispute and able to be determined quickly. Well, that wasn't. So it was really hard. But when I saw the last angle, the ball did move. It wasn't it wasn't a, a total solid catch with keeping control. They talk about the points of touch and then control. I saw it. I saw it bobble in his hand. I saw it. So I know it wasn't a catch. But many people think it was a catch. Bob, do you think it was a catch? Okay, I, I blame Sirianni for that call getting reversed. Uh, but let, let me make this. Okay, so the, the, the point, though, here is... By the way, I do agree with that, and I didn't say to my monologue, Sirianni did get outcoached. First time this season I saw it happen. Andy Reid and his, and his team did outcoach. Uh, I don't know how those two players were so wide open, and they ran the same play twice. Uh, in a row, and I mean, just Kelsey, he's he's a magician. He's he's amazing. Him getting open was frustrating, but he does it to everybody. Those other two plays, that was coaching. I mean, we got burned. You know, the Eagles just didn't play correctly on defense there. But not saying, I, I agree with you, they should have been able to, there was that thing about it being on the sideline near the team, so they hold the play, and then it got a little goofy there. But they tried, they did try, Bob, to get that playoff. And, and actually, they did get the playoff, which I think the officials were late in stopping the play. But and nonetheless, they stopped the play. But do you think that was a catch? Nothing about Sirianni's coaching, which we can talk about next. Do you think that was a catch? But wait a minute, that was kind of important. But I don't think that was was. If you want to be absolutely technical, it was probably not a catch, but it was not. Uh, there was not enough evidence to reverse it. Well, that was my position with our party. I said, "Look, if they called it a catch, it's going to stay a catch. If they call it incomplete, it's going to stay incomplete." But then they they wouldn't stop reviewing it. Then they got that one angle out of New York or wherever they got it from, and it he did bobble it. So the, I think you're right, though. The one and the official in the booth, the retired official, said that it's supposed to be able to be determined beyond dispute and fast. And that wasn't. So I, I agree with that because remember now, if I if I remember correctly, that would have put him way, way down the field. Uh, and, and then you're talking touchdown. The Eagles wound up settling for a field goal, correct? Yeah, exactly. So there's your four points and the win. Go ahead. 
Yeah, I think it was at the end of the first half. I yes, think. But, it was. But anyway, but but what Sirianni, the mistake he made, he substituted on that next play, and and that's why they they called that play dead because they didn't give the officials didn't give Kansas City a chance to put in their sub. Correct. And then that allowed right if, if Sirianni would would have just ran a play, not bring in any substitutes, that would have not been. Yep reversible that there, there you go and and bob there lies one of the ways you say that the young coach he's a really good coach but he 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 definitely made a mistake there because the eagles would have been able to get that playoff because andy reed already burned the timeout and lost a challenge they wouldn't have thrown the second one he couldn't risk having just one timeout and trailing so bob you're absolutely correct and that was, in in essence, because Kansas City did turn it around in the second half and did score on every single possession that they had the ball, uh, that would have been the difference in the game. They would not have been able to um, to catch the Eagles. Mayor Bob, I, I got to jump in because I'm, I'm just chomping at the bit here. Uh, the um, that that play, I think Bob Bob said it best. I mean, the the the, the rules are. Um, you know, they have to have clear and concise evidence that that play should be overturned. Um, I understand, Mayor, I, I looked at that intently as a Super Bowl fan, as an Eagles fan, as a football fan. I watched the replays over and over and over again. I think that it's, it's a very far stretch for the officials to turn that over after the call was made on the field. However, I mean, I, as Bob said, I mean, that does change the outcome of the game. I mean, that, that, that could have turned into a touchdown, and that could have turned everything around. Uh, I think the biggest problem, as you said earlier, is, is it, it, it comes back to these refs. And at the end of the day, you know, you're, you're, I mean, these guys are paid a, a ton of money, Mayor. If you look at the average person in Atlanta County makes 60, uh, the average family in Atlanta County makes 66000 a year. The average NFL official, that's the, a family. The NFL, average NFL official is making in excess of $200,000 a year for part-time work. So, uh, you, But, but I, what I'm thinking is economies of scale putting on the table. If you're talking about, I don't know how many billions, but it's multi-billions of dollars industry. You, If you paid people to be in elite shape, and and that they wouldn't have anything else. I hear what you're saying, though. Two hundred thousand is not chump change, but you are doing you know seventeen games, and you know you divide all that out. I know some people think, oh my god, you know this is ridiculous. That's that's like incredible money. Uh, but there there, I I think we do have an officiating problem in the NFL. There, there shouldn't be an officiating problem in the NFL. The NFL should get off these part-time refs and, and hire, like, like they started to do, and hire officiating crews for these games. Yes. I mean, it, you can't allow this to continue happening. You know, you're, you're going to fracture the fan base again with something like this because I tell you, as a seasoned football fan, and I, I, I'm frustrated, yeah. uh, you know, to watch two teams that, you know, this is the first time in, 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 in uh, you know, in a long time that two teams absolutely deserve to be there yes um well it's the first time two number one overall seeds have been in the super bowl since new england and philadelphia five years ago mayor and bob we are 10 minutes late for the break let me get this break in because we have one more still after that and i want to ask you if you agree with me or disagree uh i don't understand how they you i think you just said it mayor but as a point of emphasis i want to come back to this 
you play you you're on an officiating crew the whole season. The whole crew should advance. This thing that they score people the best referee, the best side judge, the best umpire, the best this back judge, the best that. Then you're putting these people that have never worked together. You think and now now I'm only drawing from the fact that I know for a fact that as 25 years and I did city leagues for a good five years before that, before I became certified, there were certain officials you could work really well with. They knew you. You knew them. You could pick pick each other up. You knew if somebody missed a call, you knew you could pick them up and not have a problem. I think this thing where they basically create an all-star team of officials lends for this problem of a lack of continuity and these mess-ups that we see. Now, correct me if I'm wrong when we come back. It's my understanding that the crew does not stay together, that they pick people from different crews and create playoff crews. And I understand they have a point system, and if you've had a great season and you haven't blown calls and you score high, you deserve to be in the playoffs. But I think you've got to keep teams together or you get what you get last night. And that's a mixed bag of crap. We'll be back. Don't go away. If you love South Jersey's talk station, then the WPG Talk Radio app is a must-have on your phone. Listen to all your favorite talk shows around the clock and instantly call them with just the tap of your finger. Text the WPG Talk Radio studio. Send us your pictures and videos of breaking news and more. It's the WPG Talk Radio app, a free download from South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is the Auto Plaza at Galloway Township and Kane's Custom Carts with Mayor Kane and Bob Progner. Mayor, you touched on it and it jogged my um, memory and curiosity to, to expand on the point. These officiating crews are basically all-star teams, correct? They're not they're not the crews that work together all during the regular season, correct? That's correct. Why would why would they do that? How do they possibly believe that people you don't work with, that you're going to have some spectacular chemistry? Crews know each other and there's a symmetry. There's a um, uh, there's a camaraderie uh, and there's there's a word that 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 escapes me when a group effort of people that know each other and know the game that they call, and they know what they call, and they know what they don't call. And then and then I have to believe this. These all-star crews want to shine, so then you get over-officiating that can also take place. Yes. And I think that's what that call was. Boy, I tell you, I think you, I think you nailed it there. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and, I mean, that is, that's exactly what happened there. And, and you have to question... You know, so many other things come into question too. You know, with the uh, with the uh, onslaught of uh, you know uh, sports gambling across the country, uh, you know, there's there's too many. The NFL has to fix their fix this. I mean, there's just too many reasons why a bad call could be made, and it's it's it's, it's the NFL's job uh, and and to to figure out a fix for this because um, you know it's it, it can't go on like this. I mean, what a, what a sin to watch that game. End in that manner, and again, the outcome may have been the same, 
But that's not the point. The point is uh, they should have been able to battle it out and give fans what they wanted and, and have an outcome that's not marred in controversy. Yeah. And I don't think the outcome would have been the same because the Eagles had gone down. They scored a touchdown. They scored the two-point conversion. They tied the game at 35. Uh, and I feel like if they had gotten the ball one more time, they would have also. You know, there was this was a game where the offense was driving the bus. 38-35, a lot of people thought it was going to be the under. Uh, this was big time over. Uh, and uh, did it, I mentioned earlier, Bob, did the Eagles' defense disappoint in this game? Oh, big uh, well, time. In the second, second half, they were, they were terrible. I mean, uh, Gannon, <clears throat> the defensive coordinator, had no counterpunch to, you know, Andy Reid totally outcoached them in the second half. Uh, uh, th- there were two, you know, at least two, two of the touchdowns, the receivers were totally uncovered. I know they, they were just not not prepared for what Andy Reid made adjustments. Look, I thought at the end of the second half, I thought the game was over. I thought we won because Mahomes it mm-hmm. looked like he was totally hobbled. And then what Reid did was he ran the ball down our throats in the yeah. second half. Yeah, you know, they, they 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 had 118 yards rushing. Mahomes they they were able to cover for his injury and. You know it, that that was look that was the prime reason we lost really. I mean that that our defense just didn't do it, and against the great team like Kansas City, you can't make mistakes. And I, I guys, I really thought Mayor now because we we have to get the final break in in about a minute. I thought that the defensive line was going to get at Mahomes. They didn't lay a glove on him. You know, Bob, Bob, you just made a very good point. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, uh, you know, these teams, these coaches prepare their teams for, you know, whatever is going to happen on the field. And, and, and the, the, the referee should be, it should be the same exact situation. I mean, at the end of the day, um, you know, to, to, to have a call that could be called at, on just about any play of the game called at that time um, is I mean, it's it's it just should not be able to happen in this day and age in in football. And there should be a a mechanism to make sure that if that play if that call is made, that that it can be corrected. And and that doesn't exist. And it, it needs to. Well, change. it could. It does exist. The referee they could have got together, and they could have pulled that flag. They could have picked that flag back up. They absolutely have the corrective means to do that. Let's get the break in now. This way, we'll have 10 minutes uninterrupted when we come back. The thing I will say about that very, very quickly into the break is the referee should have got with his crew. There's times you can get together real quick and you just tell them that anything that you're going to call, you got to be sure. You have to be sure before you make a call because they that that now I believe that game is going to be well remembered for a horrific call. And I'm going to tell you something. Cincinnati got jobbed two weeks ago. The Eagles got jobbed last night. The the Kansas City Chiefs, you can make the case. You said there's two teams that absolutely deserve to be there. I have no grievance about Kansas City being in the Super Bowl. Cincinnati had beaten them three straight times, and they had that game taken from them, just like the Eagles did, on a bogus call. That was completely unwarranted. I think almost everybody agrees where they just handed Kansas City 15 extra yards like they were trying to have them win the game. Hey, guys, you're not in field goal range. Guess what? You are now. Early in the morning. 
WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Healthy Life. WPGG Atlantic City. WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. How far will the left go to win 2024? Will they send out more stimulus checks, pass more student loan bailouts, or give away trillions more to left-wing groups? The simple truth is they don't care if your retirement is eroded down to a fraction of its value. They just want to win. Hi, Stephen K. Bannon. I want to encourage you to diversify your 401k or IRA out of paper assets and in to a physical gold IRA. And the only company I recommend for gold IRAs is conservative-owned Birch Gold Group. To learn more, text the word PROTECT to 989898 to get their free info kit on gold IRAs. Do this now before Democrats have a chance to legislate away your life savings. Get your free info kit on gold IRAs by texting PROTECT to the number 989898. There's nothing to buy and no obligation at all. So use your agency. Take action now. Text the word PROTECT to the number 989898. And we are back. Six minutes before Brian killed me. Let's make it count. Mayor, anything that's on your mind about this? Time is yours. And I agree with Bob, who uh, put out last night in writing that Kansas City, basically officials gave Kansas City two straight wins. Eagles didn't need any help like that in the first two playoff games. And they certainly got no help last night. Mayor, closing comments. We, But we've got a good five minutes. Well, I mean, look, you know, my thoughts on the break were, um, you know, when you – whether that call was innocent or whether it was intentional, what it does is it opens things up to the conspiracy theories. And, you know, my, my son, uh, who is an avid, avid football fan and, and can, can cite stats, uh, you know, on any player on any team off the top of his head, um, you know, he looks at it and he says, you know, look, Dad, I mean, at the end of the day, um, Cincinnati, that, that call in that game uh, catapulted, uh, you know, the Chiefs to, um, you know, uh, to the Super Bowl. And at the end of the day, um, you know, this is more about uh, fans. And when you look last night, if I, you know, when you realize the reach of the NFL and, and, and you know, fans all over the world, when you see, uh, you know, people in Ghana wearing Eagles jerseys, Munich wearing Chiefs jerseys, and you look at that and you say, you know, at the end of the day, is, is this the NFL and the refs trying to create a dynasty with uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs based on Tom Brady just retiring. And, you know, let's, let's face it. I mean, that sells tickets. And, and, you know, that's what the news is saying this morning. They're all talking about dynasties and dynasties. And they need to give fans someone to love. Uh, and but how about this, though, Mayor? Uh, it would have been Eagles won two out of five. Uh, Chiefs have won two out of four. The, the winner of that game, two Kelseys, uh, it, it would have been great either way for the nfl i'll tell you what i am suspect about sport book sports books would have been absolutely decimated had the eagles won that game there was 60 some percent of the money on the eagles uh i mean you know you know i don't believe in coincidences guys i don't know what to say I don't want to accuse the league of cheating. I don't want to accuse the league of saying, hey, make a call, you know, with uh, the game on the line that ends the game. We want the Chiefs to win. I mean, every single Fox Sports personality, every one of them, Eagles, 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 everybody had the Eagles. Do you, are, Mayor, are you suspicious at all about how this happened? Absolutely. I mean, I, when, it, when you listen to his theory on it, um, you know, it makes sense. It makes sense that the NFL picked 
who uh, they were going to take the lead story on and who was going to be the next dynasty. You know, again, you know, listen, I wish that Philadelphia, I wish that Gannon would have did a better job getting pressure in the second half, shutting him, shutting him down. He didn't. We didn't do it. We did not do a good job. We should not put ourselves in that situation. Uh, Eagles are a better team. They should have, they, they should have, you know, at halftime, it, when you were sitting at halftime, Bob, and I'm sure you felt the same way, you sat there and you analyzed it and you said there's no way Philadelphia can lose this football game. The score was at such that Philadelphia, all they had to do was protect the lead um, and, you know, let, let Chiefs go down and score and Philadelphia just answer the call. The game's over. And, uh, you know, to, to have it end in the manner in which it did is, is just it's sad for football fans all over. I just think it was horrible. I mean, Kansas City scored every single possession. It was still barely enough. Tom Cantone texted me at halftime. Mahomes wasn't limping going to the locker room. That told me something. Either he knew the cameras were on him and he was faking it, or he wasn't as hurt as we thought he was. And I remember saying, nope, it's not over. Tom wrote me, it's over. I said, it's not over. I said, Kansas City could come right down uh, and score, and then that 10-point game is three points, and anything happens from there. Bob, closing comment, and then we'll give the mayor the final minute. Okay, well, the... the uh... That was a game that was so winnable that this would have gone down as one of the greatest, actually the greatest Eagle team in history and one of the greatest teams, period. And and look, we couldn't afford to make these mistakes there. That false start by Isaac Sayamalo, yeah. where they had a short fourth and one, yep. next play, Hurts fumbles. So that was at least a 10-point swing, maybe even a 14-point swing. The Eagles were, were moving the ball, and, you know, that – that cost us the game, too. I mean, just think about it. it a did. 10 or 14 point swing. Yeah. You can't do that against a team like Kansas City. Just can't do it. And, and look at, the, I mean, there's so many things, you know, uh, settling for a field goal when they were almost where they needed to be to score a touchdown. I mean, it, it will always be a very frustrating thing. But Jalen Hurts was still 16 and 2 as a quarterback this year. This is a great team. Uh, and I feel really good. I know they're going to have a first, first place schedule. Mayor, closing comment minute. It's yours. I I I'm I I wanted the Super Bowl, but I I think we have to say, wasn't this a great season for the Eagles? Sure. Well, listen, it was a story a storied season. I yes. mean, uh, you know, we, uh, we 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 saw great football this year. Uh, you know, we had a team that you know was uh, was fighting for you know a. Uh, 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 a perfect season. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we had that excitement early on. Uh, you know, we had the controversy of our quarterback going down and the Eagles bouncing back. And, and it just, it's been a great year. Again, it's just a shame to see it end in, in, in controversy the way it did. But I agree. Great I year agree. For Philadelphia fans. Yep. And, um, you know, we got, there's a lot more to come. Mayor and Bob, I've enjoyed this season so much with both of you. Uh, thanks oh. for all the memories. Oh, it was great. It was Kay. great. Hey, real quick. Really you got, you got to say yes or no. Can the Eagles, are they going to be right where they are now next year? 